Okay. I really like this instrumental for intro. Yeah, this is our intro. Uh, yo, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantabulous episode of the What's Your Opinions podcast, a podcast like no other, a podcast raised, born and raised in the Bay Area. Thank you. And shout out to Kenny Waynes for that beat. Appreciate it, my man. Appreciate it. We got to get you on soon, my boy. And if you guys heard that lovely voice, Alex isn't here today, um, scheduling wise. So... I am here with a huge, huge, huge guy. I've been following him for about a year now. He goes, he is on TikTok. He is just phenomenal of what I've seen from his content. Uh, has over 92,000 followers. And uh, the road to, road to 100K is almost there. I really hope so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, why don't you introduce yourself, my boy? Uh Hey yo, <laughs> that's my that's my title. That's iconic. On, on, that is on TikTok iconic for most folks. Hey yo, I go by the name uh, the Janai on TikTok at the Janai on TikTok Instagram. I'm a nicheless content creator. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me, Eli. Hey man, um, it's I, it's awesome, bro. We've just been throwing stuff and see what sticks. Whether it's content creators, OnlyFans creators, porn stars, all that. We're trying to get anybody <laughs> on the spectrum on this podcast. Because mm -hmm. it, it it's also a good way to like get other people to you know expand their following and it also gets you guys you know some more yeah get your get your feet wet in the world of podcasting and oh, interviewing yeah. and stuff like that oh yeah of course oh. i think it's cool to be honest i just want to know what people's opinions are like on anything i think that's always mm -hmm. just been like my thing growing up it's just like what what it, i'm getting someone's opinions over there over there over there and then let me throw my hat in the ring and see if i can make a conversation with people and sometimes yeah. it works sometimes it doesn't sometimes i look like an absolute genius sometimes i look like an absolute fucking moron Mm -hmm. But I mean, sometimes in a lot of conversations, you do kind of need to like when you ask for people's opinions and perspectives, a lot of the times you do need to sit and really think about what they're saying and actually like, you know, take in what they're saying and yeah. take their perspective as something like everybody has an opinion. Not everybody has the right opinion. Some people yeah. have some trash yeah. as opinions, but Fucking for the most part, West. it'll give you some kind of <laughs> it'll give you some kind of insight on, you know, on on the way other people think. Oh, and yeah. then you won't have to go into a conversation with just one viewpoint. Yeah, I always feel like with conversations, it should just always be, you know, listen. If obviously they're spitting nonsense, I've always said the part of just being respectful, just, hey, take it with a grain of salt. If obviously their mindset is completely different than yours, take it. Don't make it an argument. I think that's what a lot of people today, like, they don't want to have a conversation. They want to just argue. And debate, yeah. Oh, just yeah. argue, debate. Don't get me just wrong. Deba debating is awesome. Debating mm -hmm. is awesome. But at the same time, when you're just, like, physically arguing about, like, the dumbest thing that doesn't matter to each, to either what are we doing here you know right exactly also i just wanted to say peace to the bay area uh right. somebody who like I, i'm from so i'm from uh toronto uh canada and as someone who grew up listening to a lot of uh west coast hip-hop i pretty much west coast hip-hop raised me yeah and i had a lot of love for like you know the bay area for like too short and too mac short. uh mac dre mm -hmm. and and Legends. uh lunas spice yeah. one drew hill oh uh, drew hill drew <laughs> drew down hey drew hill's cool though i like drew hill drew hill's cool wrong side of the fence wrong side of the fence i didn't know this for like the longest time i was like i was listening to like i was listening to cisco i forgot what song i was listening to i'm like this dude sounds mad familiar and then i listened to drew yeah. hill's my better like i did not know cisco was on from drew hill <laughs> And my mom's like, really? I'm like, nah, I didn't know. I just like, just came to me. It's like, how long did you mm -hmm. just figure this out? Like two weeks ago. 
<laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of those that are like that. Um, I'm yeah. trying to remember exactly who it was, but somebody was like, I didn't know that this person was a part of a rap group, and I'm like, oh, it was Ice Cube. We were listening to, um, we were watching. Are we there yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like me and me and a, a a friend of mine, we were watching. Are you, are we there? Because we were just like, you know what? Let's just uh, let's just dig, you know, delve into the uh, the Ice Cube filmography for a second and see Deep. where he went from being, you know, gangster rapper to just family, <laughs> family family movie. I, I always think like with him, it's just like I feel like after First Friday, I forgot what I, forgot, I think it was all about the Benjamins was the last movie I ever took him seriously. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. Then, I mean, all about the Benjamins was a good comedy slash like action, but at the same time, it's like this is the peak Ice Cube we'll ever get. Yeah, exactly. That was um, that was Ice Cube and and uh, Mike Epps in that one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Mike Epps okay. won the lottery ticket, and then yeah. all, apparently winning a lottery ticket makes you go into like the mob or something like that. And I don't remember the premise <laughs> of the movie a lot, but like I just, all that's, that's all I remember. Who was the chick that was in there? Oh man, shoot, it's, it's been like, a long time since I've oh, seen it's that. Been a, movie. It's been a it's been a long time since watching it. Even Lagoria? No, maybe. Not Eva gonna... Mendez? Maybe Eva Mendez. Maybe I'm gonna look up the cast right now. Yeah, because yeah, one thing I remember was was uh like Mike Epps was in that with Ice Cube, and the thing is the two of them, they've had like they've been in a lot of movies together where and their chemistry together is like Eva Mendez. Like we we would love to see. I figured it was Eva Mendez. But but we I mean as much as we would love to see Ice Cube and Chris Tucker in a movie again. Ice Cube and Mike Epps is also a really good. They have really you know, great chemistry man, comedic dude. Yeah, exactly. I so. feel like when you look at him, like I think his name is Anthony Mackie. I think that's mm -hmm. his name. Him and Kevin Hart in the scary movies. Uh, like it's mm. like it's like them. Will, uh, who is the other guy in the Step Brothers movie? If you've seen that one with Will Ferrell, what's the other dude's uh, name? Shoot, I forget his name, but I know exactly who you're talking it's about. It's like those kind of comedic duos that are just untouched. Like whatever movies they touch. It's phenomenal. Like yeah, I, like, like Keenan and Kel. Keenan and Kel, yeah, obviously. Uh, <laughs> shout out to them. Like I honestly think they're one of the like the original like comedic duos that are just like these guys are just untouchable at that mm -hmm. time. And um, we have to have them in everything. It's yeah, not just in all of that. Not just in in their own show. We have to have them in Sister Sister. We mm -hmm. have to have them in Steve Harvey show. I wish that Kel Mitchell had been in uh, the Fat Albert movie, maybe as as one of the characters. But at the same time, Keenan did a really good job carrying he that did. movie by himself, alongside Kyla oh Pratt and everything. But oh my god, we there need is to a, see the two of them. We gotta get one more movie that has nothing to do with Keenan and Kel, like as a just just make them like complete opposites of each other and let's just see what happens but yeah. oh man speaking of fat albert there's this dude that did an essay on that movie oh that i don't know what i forgot what it is i forgot what the dude's name was he's a phenomenal like um um youtuber that does like um essays on like tunerific is it a uh, tunerific Tariq? i don't know i forgot what it was he said because the movies uh, the the title said fat albert made me cry yeah tunerific yeah phenomenal guy at writing essays for movies i love that one when i that one is just like for him just the connection because i like i don't have i no longer have like my grandparent my grandfather's mm. but that connection i was oh it's all right bro thank you but uh that connection was just like whoa man like that's like some things you like you you don't under like you don't realize until like it's gone like man i used to like boxing i used to love watching yeah. boxing with my grandpa and you know it, i just realized sometimes when i watch like a manny pacquiao fight like this last fight a couple years ago i was like man this is this ain't the same without Grandpa. So I feel yeah. like that subtle connection. But that dude makes really, really great essays. Shout out to yeah, you. Yeah, he he did a he did a um it was like an over hour long video of a uh, of proud family. And I, I to me that was probably the 
the best analysis of uh, Pride Fam Proud Family. Wow, Proud Family that I've ever seen. And even the Fat Albert one too. Like that one, I, I got emotional at the end. Yeah. Uh, like I, I, you know, I, I don't have my grandfather's here anymore. Oh, either. condolences, bro. But um, thank you. But um, you know, like it, it, I still felt it because you know, when you when you deal with loss and everything, like it, it, there are certain things that will always remind you of that person. Um, my, one of my closest friends, he uh, passed away on my on my birthday like a few years ago. So oh, a lot wow. of the times, I'll like you know there are certain things that I'll see and then I'll be like, man, Ali, just you know yeah, automatically. Yeah. But the thing about that essay that made me think more was that like I I've always liked the movie Fat Albert, but after watching his essay, I watched it again mm -hmm. and I was like, yo, this he's he's right. He's like this on. this movie has a lot going on in I it. I feel like and when you watch movies like that, not like just like Fat Albert, but when you watch a movie from like a long time ago and it's just mm -hmm. that one essay that you're like, what? whoa, I never would have thought about that or hey, uh, you know, I got to check that out again and you see through their perspective and then a different eyes. Like I feel like that's the best way. Like I think one of the greatest shows ever, animation and just shows ever is Avatar Last Airbender. Right. Avatar Last Airbender is by far my favorite if I have to put it in the top 10, it is definitely in top three. Like, animations mm. of all time. Like, it's yeah. so good. When you look at it in different perspectives as you grow up, it gets more and more relatable. Especially if you go through what, not what they go through, but, like, as a kid, oh, my God, like, firebending and all that. And then, yeah. like, a teenager, oh, man, the world, the weight of the world's on my shoulders. I really don't know. High mm -hmm. school. I'm going through an identity crisis. Who am I? And then going into like as an adult learning how dark the world can really be and yeah. like bug like these guys really be pulling the strings like that like and then obviously if you're part of the military branch like uh shout out to people in the military like if you're in that military branch then there's really big expectations and like um kind of what you're destined to do like if you belong exactly. to a, if you belong to like a family like doctors the chances mm -hmm. are you're gonna have to be a doctor or something else and if they you drill that into you. They drill that into you. And then if you don't, you're looked at like a, like a different way. So when you look at mm -hmm. essays like that, um, I forgot. I, uh, this is from like years ago. He made an essay on. I forget his name. He's also on YouTube. He made it to where he legitimately made a three-hour essay on just Ozai. I mean, not Ozai. Um, Uncle Iroh. Nice. And it's ridiculously good. I'd have to, I may have to send you that link. It's ridiculously good. But yeah, that's it, the thing about YouTube. You'll find video essays for like three hours four hours I, I found a, a video essay on boy meets world that was like three hours long and i, I wanted to watch it but i was like man it's too long <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's too long but at the same time i love boy meets world and i would love to see other people like there's two podcasts i listen to um that re that relate to boy meets world the mm -hmm. pod meets world podcast which is run by the the stars of the show like three of okay. the stars of the show oh, uh, no way. That's Topang pretty cool. Topang yeah topanga eric and sean they interview like guests that were on the show and people who worked on the show and then they even like rewatch the episodes that oh. they haven't watched in years so my uncle taught me he didn't tell me about that so there's one with the office oh okay and the, and it's too, i forgot what the i never watched i don't i'm not a big fan of the office i know it's like two chicks in the office they have a podcast and then they rewatch episodes and like they talk about like their experience like oh that was improv that wasn't improv oh wait hold on mm -hmm. and then they text or call steve carell he's like oh that was completely improv that wasn't part of the script yeah, they, <laughs> I think it's similar. I think a lot of people should do that a lot more, and, and some of them like just really good shows and just see like the the behind the scenes aspect of like what like goes on in those shows. Like we don't know what mm -hmm. these people are like.
Like I think because then you then you learn to appreciate the work that they put into that oh, show. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I still need to watch Boys Meets World. I don't think I've ever finished it completely. I think I got maybe through season two, and then I just never watched it again. It's mm-hmm. not like the show was bad or anything. I just like, oh fuck, I'm I like other shit, and yeah. I really, I I do really want to get that to get to that and see how because I that's all I hear is Boy Meets World is one of the greatest shows of all time. It's one of the best. It's it's so good. It's so good. I'm like, all yeah. right, cool. You know, I I really got to check it out. You know, because for the it's, longest time, I I'm legitimately, I don't really watch a lot of live action TV shows a lot anymore. It's um, a lot of animation. A lot of animation, and it sucks that animation is just starting to slowly die out. Because people don't mm-hmm. see it as a as a medium anymore, it should. It's a, but the thing is too, like I, I I don't like the fact that there are people who don't see animation as a great storytelling device mm-hmm. or a great storytelling medium or a great tool for stuff. Like yeah. I hate that a lot of movie buffs they don't count anim- animation as films. They go like, oh I don't I don't like watching animations. They're for kids. Yeah. But the um, amount of things that you can do with animation, the oh, amount 100%. of things that you can, the, there's no bounds for animation. And because there's no bounds with what you can do in animation, there's no bounds for what you can do in the story. Oh, 100%. And once you make a, a compelling story with great character arcs and and, and amazing animation, and Preach. that's why anime is it's superior. One it's, of the, it's so big. It's one of the biggest mediums the, right now. One of the greatest mediums in the world because the storytelling, the character arcs, the kinds of stories that they tell. You mean to tell me there's there's a whole anime about volleyball, but like there's like there's you know a deeper like, there's meaning like, to it? it. Exactly. So like I think a lot of movie snobs, television snobs should I definitely also, get I also think too with anime, it's like people they take topics that no one wants to talk about and they do a really good job of writing them. Exactly. Like I look at like it's it sucks to just already just kind of put this under the rug. Like the whole Velma series. Have you seen that at all? I've seen the first episode. I <laughs> yeah. Nah. That is. I'm. Uh. People pray for me. I am watching the entire series. Oh damn. I am. I'm using it for pur- for purposely Re- content reasons. And, okay. Yeah, I feel that. Oh, content reason. But I'm not like making on like on our TikTok. Like our TikTok is our podcast clips. That I gotta start rolling out a lot more, and then me talking about what I need to talk about, and mm-hmm. and it, it's just certain things. So what I what I watch with Velma, it just progressively gets bad because it's bad writing. Yeah, and when you look at bad writing, a lot of people are just just so prone to just we gotta make it edgy to be edgy. No, mm-hmm. like how is it that have you have you seen that anime that came out last year? Kotoro lives alone. No, I haven't seen that one. Fucking amazing ass anime, bro. Oh my mm. god. Like talk about an anime. I don't cry with a lot of anime. Four animes have ever made me cry ever. That is it. Kotoro mm. lives alone. That is for you gotta lock that room. Let me a lot of crying. <laughs> <laughs> but what are the other three? What are the other three that made you cry? Um Kotoro lives alone, Angel Beats. Okay, that Angel, my sister loved that Angel one. Beach is yeah. the shit. I love them. I love that anime. Um, Naruto, because Jiraiya's Jirai, death. Jiraiya is my favorite yeah. character of all time. They had to kill that my man's off. 
and my boys was talking about that the other uh, last week. We were talking about like we were walking down a bridge and there was like some uh, j- uh, some dude playing like a Japanese violin or whatever it was. And mm-hmm. I was like, yo, this this feels like a filler episode of Naruto right now. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, let me turn my camera back on. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was like, I was like, it feels like a filler, filler episode of Naruto, and then they started talking about uh, Jiraiya's death, and I'm just like, man, can we talk about something else, guys? Yeah, let's, I don't, I don't feel like little, doing let's it. get a little too emotional now. Yeah, and then the fourth one, I don't know why it hit me as much as it did. Um, oh, fuck, what was it? It was um, a Kame Guy Kill. Mm, I think it was like the. S- it's a good one, definitely a good one. Don't like anybody in that show. Just telling you that right now. It's one <laughs> okay. of those shows. Don't like anyone in that show. Um. That one, just for the main fact, no spoilers. There is a character that dies like three episodes in. I thought he was gonna go for the long haul. Cut my boy off. I was like, damn. But it, overall, that's the worst that's one. Oh, I hate, I hate it so bad. But those ones are just really, really good. Like Kotaro lives alone is, it tackles heavy, heavy topics that a lot of these shows, I can guarantee you, could not execute it the way they executed it. They okay. And it just a just a premise of it. It talks about abandonment. Um, domestic violence. Kotaro lives alone. Kotaro, <laughs> Kotaro, he and the crazy thing about it is, um, the, the premise of it is Kotaro lives in this apartment complex. He's four. He's five years old. I believe he's four mm-hmm. or five years old, and he lives alone. And the the like the people that watch over him like send him the money every, every like every they send him like money once a month to pay the bills okay. and all that stuff. He's very educated for what he is because he hasn't learned so much. But it sucks because when it goes, it's t- it's telling the story through his kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. He is very obviously children are very ignorant to things. Yeah, and they don't or under- naive naive naive. That's a better word. That's a better word. Very naive to what's going on. There yeah. and it talks about abandonment issues. Um, um, I forgot what the like certain terms are like with certain like with parents that they don't want to touch their children or like whatever. I forgot what that one's called. Ah, uh, shoot. Um Yeah, I See, I, I, I yeah, I don't I don't know I don't what know it's either. called. I don't know what it's called, but there it just hits heavy for no reason. It's like, "Oh, the first episode. Oh. Okay. Oh. Oh. Oh <laughs> shit. What? She did what? And that's pretty much how it goes. Oh man, I couldn't I could not hold it. There's like this one episode where a certain character has to leave. I was done. I had to go to work. Destroyed. <laughs> I had to go to work. I had to go to work with puffy red ass eyes, bro. It was not. It was not a good thing. Like, is it allergies? I don't fucking know, bro. Just don't tell me I'm okay. Actually, <laughs> what's going on? What's going on, Eli? You good? You yeah. good at home? Hey, listen. Oh, hey, listen, man. I love you. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to walk in. Yeah. Let me just go in the bathroom real quick. <laughs> I'm <laughs> oh man that's that's a, just to be honest that's one of my favorite animes it, it might creep up of all time it's just really good it's well written and i think with shows like that they can take those topics make them heavy and still revolve it around a character and make them develop instead of just carpet bombing it and mm-hmm. just it's there it's there just it's there because it's yeah. edgy or whatever and i feel like a lot of anime it just tackles these topics a lot better than and even animations in general because obviously limitations are like unreal like Mm -hmm. for invincible have you seen that show yet i don't think i have i will let me just i I will admit this one uh this real quick for me as someone who grew up watching grew grew up watching anime i'm more like i watched a lot of like older anime a lot of the the new anime that comes out 
Like my sisters are, they're the biggest weebs in the house. Yeah, that's what's up. Uh, but I'm the they, only weeb uh, in the house. Def- yeah, so, but they definitely they, they watch a lot of the a lot of those ones. Me, I'm more of like a I'm like a classic dude. Um, so I'm like, of course, like I love love Dragon Ball, love Sailor Moon, Yu Yu Hakusho, oh, Cowboy yeah. Bebop, Samurai Champloo. Yeah, Bleach. I haven't seen the new Bleach yet. I haven't either. I, I really want to. I I need to, but it's on Disney Plus. It's kind of funny that it's on disney plus so i heard that so funny thing oh, about that was uh yeah so it wasn't even supposed to be um so for the longest time because it was supposed to be released the day it was supposed to be released but until that time us as the fans did not know if it was going to be carpet bomb like all together simulcast mm-hmm. meaning we're going to go weekly or you're going to have the first episode we ain't going to do shit for the rest and we're, we're just going to say fuck you guys and we will release it when we release it right and so Everyone said this is like the people's kind of their win. They saw a massive decline in in their in their um, subscriptions. I think they lost like two point nine million in the span of seven days. And they said, "We got to go simulcast. We're sorry. We're sorry. We're gonna do simulcast. It's gonna be whatever." And that's when everyone's like, "All right, all right." Yeah, you don't listen. You don't affect the mouse's coin you don't you don't if the if you, you if, if the mouse is losing money he's gonna he, he'll please the audience for you know for for what they want like he'll give the audience what they want and everything but once you mess with the mouse's money just know it, it's they're, they're they're gonna like i think that's the thing with disney i think the best way to get to disney is to just hit him divest where yeah hit, 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 hit him where it hurts hit him where it hurts. the mouse will the mouse will see that the numbers and be like what why am i not making any money <laughs> where's all this coming from we, oh, oh, donald make sure you give the people what they want i need money <laughs> goofy gorsh yeah. i don't know mickey <laughs> <laughs> but uh the the funny thing about bleach being on disney plus my sister's was looking into this uh, a couple days ago uh, i think there's like a disney is doing a a, a joint venture I think they bought like a, a studio, like an anime studio. Yeah. That and, and a whole bunch of like the most inappropriate animes known to man is most likely gonna be on that on Disney Plus. Yeah. Well, Disney Plus changed their subscription base to where you actually have to log in and make yourself as an adult account now. Yeah. Because exactly. now you I, get like, and that's to me, you're venturing out of the comfort zone. Because like. In a couple years, I think next year or this year, I don't remember when it's gonna come out. We're gonna get Daredevil. Mm-hmm. That's what Daredevil's yeah. gonna be rated at TVMA. Yeah. And I'm like, so. what do we, what do we do? Like, what are we doing here? We getting freak nasty? What are we gonna do? <laughs> like, that's hey, my I was, thing. I was watching because what? Because I know that Disney Plus has Star on there. I remember I was I watching. Yeah, I was watching Notorious, uh, oh, okay. the, the the Biggie movie yeah, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on on Disney Plus. A solid, and, do- the solid docu movie. It it's I I think a lot of people give it a lot of flack for the way it romanticizes Biggie's life a little bit, and of course Anthony Mackie's portrayal of Tupac is yeah. probably one of the it's one garbage. of the one of the worst portrayals of Tupac. But for me, I think I see the movie a lot differently than it just being a a docu series. I think that there's a narrative, there's a through line narrative about a, a boy becoming a man and 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 becoming oh, yeah. a man at such a at such a, a, a young age, uh, a young age a young age in a short amount of time because what he, he really, died at 24, 24. He's, he's my I'm yeah. 20, i just turned 24 a couple weeks ago so right. I, I i understand like yo you're like sick you're like what he started when he was like seven like 16 17 yeah dealing drugs and then obviously becoming a parent 
mm-hmm. and then really at having, a young age, at a young age, not really knowing what to do, and then. But the difference is, I feel like with Biggie, like the All Eyes on Me was another solid one. I think it's decent. Um, I think it was decent. I have, I have thoughts. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that. I think it's a decent one, but I just feel like Biggie had just he he legitimately just had like an easier time than like Tupac. Like I feel like Biggie, like whatever we've obviously nothing is said and done. There could be multiple stories. Biggie never had to deal with any issue when it came to labeling. No. Like Diddy literally just like, hey, we're gonna make it. I'm gonna be in your videos, and there's not there's not gonna be like any problems. As a Tupac, he legitimately had to jump through hoops to even try to get out of death row, and that didn't even the, happen. Well, the thing with the thing with the pop movie, and I'll, I'll just touch on it on a, a little bit because I grew up again. I grew up listening to West Coast rap. Um, I studied Tupac for like majority of my life, so it's like when I heard that a, a biopic of Tupac was going to be made, of course I looked at it a bit like mm. how they're going to do this. Because the New Edition story, they did that on BET and they did a three-parter. Oh, really? I didn't because, know that. Yeah, because New Edition, the group, you, you need more than an hour and 45 minutes, more than two hours to tell their story. Because oh, of course. It's, it's all six members and they all have different career paths and stuff like that. I feel like that's the 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 that's what they needed to do with a Tupac. They needed to give Tupac a docu-series, not a docu-movie, because there's a lot in Tupac's life that you needed to touch on that, and you needed to really flesh out and really go deep into. I just think the, rather early, than, the, the early part of his life alone deserved a, a movie. Exactly. And and the thing, the thing too, both, really both halves, before, before going to jail and then after going to jail, like that, that last eight months of his life, when he was with Death Row and the Just East Coast West Coast the, rivalry and all of that, world. that is a movie in itself. But a docu series is the first half of Tupac's I, life. I, you know? I think that would I think that would because obviously you can't tell this person's life within a two hour movie and flesh everything out. I understand exactly. That. Uh, I feel like with Biggie, they did it pretty well. But again, mm-hmm. this is Biggie we're talking about, like one of the biggest yeah. rappers of all time in people's opinions and all that stuff like obviously i have tupac and biggie in my top 10 where they where do they go i really can't say i like <laughs> i was more and it's crazy as much as i've been in the bay area i mm-hmm. fucking loved east coast i loved mm. it but i have my soft spot was my the person that kind of transitioned me back into um back into like west coast like heavy was dj quick that's that's my Where's Go, bro. <laughs> That's my dude right there. DJ Quick, to me, is if he is not in your top three of West Coast rappers of all time or a producer in general, yeah, I, sorry. And it's not that your opinion doesn't matter. It's just like you really got to deep, have to take a deep dive into it. I love DJ Quick. Mm-hmm. My dad put me on DJ Quick. Every time we went to elementary school and he would drive, he was bumping DJ Quick. And it yeah. was it was amazing. Uh, quick, quick. Let me, I, I have like, probably the the hottest take about quick um one half of it it's not hot the other part might be i think the first half of it is the fact that i think quick definitely deserves the flowers that dre gets because i know everybody i love dre yeah dre is one of the greatest if not the greatest producer of all time but mm-hmm. i think quick definitely deserves to be neck and neck with him oh because 100%. quick's production on it's a lot ridiculous. of those ridiculous phenomenal it's ridiculous phenomenal and that's the thing i want to talk about with with tiktok mm-hmm. would you um we'll get to we'll go, obviously we'll go back to music and stuff like that but when it comes to tiktok well i followed you for about uh 
like early, early last year. And right. I was like, oh, this is really cool. I followed you mainly because you were a big music head. I'm a big music head. Not, I'm not super deep into music. I just like what I like. I like everything. Right. When you were doing, I think your most famous videos at the time was the sampling. Yeah, the video game samples. The video game samples is just ridiculous of how these producers, just and just a producer in general can just get, whoa, what's that little sound? And then just change a whole fucking narrative and then to put a rapper on it and it's ridiculous i think producers don't get a lot of love than they do i think a lot of producers now get more love than producers 20 maybe 25 years ago did unless you were like a big name producer like dr dre or whatever or like your yeah or like uh, uh, kanye uh, dj premier kanye yeah. uh i feel like now like obviously these guys have producer tags now so like that you now you know who's who's doing it but I feel like these guys like, oh, my God, like, DJ Mustard's really going on on a, or, like, but if you say, like, yo, DJ Quick really did a great job on that song, he's like, who? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, there you I, go. Like, that's my thing. I think that the, the, the uh, you, you touched on something very, like, I, I guess I would say kind of interesting in the fact that, like, a lot of these producers nowadays, the Metros, the London on the tracks, mm -hmm. like, they have, like, the producer tags, and it's, like, that's the way that, that to identify that producer on the track you know oh, yeah. mustard on a beat and, and stuff like that whereas we back got then on the track yeah exactly that's the best way because and I, I don't know if they if they do that because it's sort of like i mean i know they did that because of course like they were selling their beats on like youtube and soundcloud and stuff like that so they mike had to will do mike will made it at one point was the biggest producer for like two years exactly so they had to like they had to do that so that other people don't steal their beats and then once but like I feel like a lot of people might see that as like the only reason why they have the producer tags is because they're a lot of their beats kind of sound like you don't know what's a must. I mean, actually, you kind of know which is a mustard track from a metro track. Yeah. But a lot of like the a lot of like the older heads most likely won't. Versus in like the '90s, the 2000s, I think you can tell just by the sound. Oh yeah. Like Timbaland, I, you know a oh. Timbaland beat when you hear it. Oh, you already know. You, you like the same with Pharrell. You you know you what know a Pharrell beat when you hear it exactly. My uncle he was crazy. He texted me when I, I I posted this on my Instagram like months and months ago, and he was the first one to text me after I posted. I'm like, because a lot of people didn't know like you could tell like oh people like a lot of these guys didn't have like producer tags. I'm like Pharrell had a producer tag for like damn near 20 years. Well, you guys yeah. just didn't know. And my uncle's like, you for real? I'm like, go through his playlist and see what he does. And then he went through. Was like, holy fuck, you're right. So like. And he gets creative with it, too, because I think... I forgot which one it was. It was a Kendrick track from a... I think it was, like, off this album, his previous album um, that he produced. Uh, I, I just don't remember. Which one was? It, it wasn't, like, a beat. It repeated Kendrick's voice four times in a loop. Then oh, it, I, I think forgot. it was uh, Auntie's Diaries? It may be was Auntie's... It it's it's not uh, Count Me Out, that's for sure. The I think it's Auntie's Diaries. Because he, he, remember, Kendrick was talking, like, three, four times... But it sounded like a little bit of a loop. Then the beat went. And then I looked up. I'm like, oh, shit. That was fucking Pharrell's beat on there. So I, I think it's like it's super creative when you can definitely tell like, oh, this is like a Timberland or this is a this is a, a Pharrell or a Kanye. You know, like mm -hmm. you could definitely tell. And it's super dope how like these producers. I feel like now we're getting more notoriety than anything, because to be honest, without a producer, these rappers aren't anything. Right, exactly. Uh, I'm just, I'm just saying that. I'm like, I'm being honest. If if the baby didn't have a fucking hot beat, no one would fuck with the baby. I mean, no one's fucking with them right now. So <laughs> it's the it's it's the craziest thing. That's a that's, I, a, that's I, an insane drop off. 
I remember when everybody was was rocking with him. But then I remember even before people stopped rocking with him because of the reasons why they stopped rocking with him. Most people started stopped rocking with him because his songs all started to sound the same. Yeah, it, it, and that's the thing with like artist creativity. I don't understand. Like I, that's why I like a lot of. Uh, it sucks. Like it sucks that like I have to go. A mainstream artist cannot not can't be original. Nobody's original. Like everyone takes beats from everybody. Like whatever. That's my argument with anybody. Like. Like, my parents, like, all oh, these rappers, like, my dad, he loves all music. He listens to today's music, and obviously he's, you know, way back then, he listens to his music then, but he's just like, oh, these artists aren't, like, creative. I'm like, gotta be honest, bro, like, look at Dr. Dre. He was sampling a lot of stuff, too, and it's just, like, he just did it in his own way that made it creative. Like, we look at, mm-hmm. like, uh, for, uh, I'm, I'm just forgetting the, the name of the song right now. Uh, it'll come to me later. But, like, I'm like, do you not know that was, like, the Isley Brothers' dad? He's like, what? I'm like, it was, um, today was a good day. Right, right, yeah. I'm like, do you not know that's the Isley Brothers? He's like, that's not the Isley Brothers. I'm like, dude, I put on the it's Isley the Brothers. Isley Brothers. <laughs> He's like, holy fuck, yeah. it's the Isley I'm like, is this no discredit to whoever, I I don't think Dre produced that one. I'm not sure. Um, oh, no, that was uh, that was DJ Pooh who produced that for um for Ice Cube. Okay, yeah, so I, I, if I don't I'm not, know. If I'm not mistaken. See, yeah. I'm not, I don't know his name. I don't know that producer. But I'm like, see, these producers, they do the same thing. It's just how they flip it, like, I think it's Sweetie that took that Mariah Carey beat with her and Ob, um, Old Dirty Bastard. Oh, it was Lotto. Lotto, Lotto. Lotto. I'm like, yeah. Like I just can't listen to that kind of music anymore because I'm like, if I wanted to listen to that beat, I would listen to Mariah Carey over Lotto. You know what's crazy too? Um, even Mariah hopped on the remix for that one, and I was like, okay, this is a nice little. That's a little nod, like okay, you know, like little. Yeah. There you go. it's a it's a nice little passing of the of the torch of the baton for for that beat I'll say not for like the abilities or whatever but oh, no, no hell no I find it I find it <laughs> I find it funny that Prince kind of called it like Prince said because mm-hmm. Prince was Prince was against sampling unless of course he was getting sampled and you know it was in a respectful way and well, he would get paid he, but whatever I was, like, I was like it was all about the money like if he it was either <laughs> one he's owning your that he's owning that song or two he's taking a huge cut from that song regardless exactly. he's taking something from it big. And exactly with him i think it was an interview from like 97 where it's like it's it's sampling you're just gonna get to always oh, sample and that's then, what i was gonna okay, bring okay, up okay okay that's yeah. what i was gonna bring up and he, it, the fact that he, he called uh, it he called it yeah you're gonna sample you're gonna have a song that's gonna sample the song that already sampled a song like it's just so funny to me how that that same lotto song samples a mariah song and that mariah song samples a uh i think a mary jane girl song it's mary, like mary jane girls yeah, it's like the it's it's the greatest. It's it to me. I love it though because it's like I think sampling's a work of art. It's it amazing. Is. It was what these guys like. I said what they the little things that they hear like Daft Punk. I forgot that song one more time. Mm-hmm. Have you, did you see like how they made that song? No, I don't actually. Oh. I feel like I have. I oh just, my god, like, it is just a long time ago. Just the it was like I forgot what song it was from like 1976. It was just the one, and all they did was. Reversed it, then sped it up, dun, 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 and then made the That's beat. It's insane. It was literally they cut maybe four parts of that song, just noises, mm-hmm. not a beat, just a noise. Changed the fucking game, and it's one of the greatest songs of all time. And what's the the crazy thing about it too is even just going backwards to like the '80s when when producers were sampling songs, like the '80s and the '90s when producers were sampling songs, like technology back then was nowhere peanuts <laughs> peanuts compared to now <laughs> but it's like yo dude they, the legitimately, that... they legitimately had to 
cut tapes, mm-hmm. s- slap it on, and then try to recreate it on a beat machine that was legitimately f- like six buttons. Exactly. It, 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 it's And to me, it's like, and I think that's what a lot of, because I'm the type of person where I don't like to get into the the whole old head versus new head debate. Because when new, when, when, when like new hip hop fans or new R&B fans have an argument, there's an argument against that. When the older ones have one, there's an argument against that. Um, but when they, when, when old folk, like a lot of the older heads would say like, the only reason why we don't like back then people were doing a lot of the sampling and stuff like that, but it was seen as innovative. Whereas nowadays the new heads they're they're it just seems like it's like an imitation or they're not really, but it's actually more innovative than they think it is. Like oh, yeah, these new 100%. guys, so, these I new guys, some for of them. example, I say some of them, some, some of them, them yeah, are some of them, some of them are just blindly taking a beat and they just put a terrible verse or just sing it bad or whatever i don't like that but if you can take a if you could take a beat and not mess with it or anything but make it your own and it's not like oh that's clearly a dr dre song like you're clearly taking dr dre's verses or whatever or just whatever and you kind of just put your own flow into it and all that i can appreciate that like i feel like another great one is like bruno Mar- uh, silk sonic yeah like I, I Silk, Son- Silk Sonic's amazing, bro. Like with Silk Sonic, it's simply just I feel like Silk Sonic is the blueprint to to fill in the gap between two generations. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, oh my god, dad, like I love this new Silk Sonic song. Oh shit. I used to listen to these guys. Or it's like, why don't you listen to this song? It comes together like that to me, like that's my dad. He's like, oh man, what's that song they do? I'm gonna look at their album right now. Ah, uh, I, I can give you an example quick. Yeah, after last night, that's, that's song. one song that's when a, I heard that. That's a song like, I'm this... willing to not pull out. That yeah. is a, that's a song I'll... I'm just like, yo, girl, I, we have to make this. <laughs> you this gonna take all of this? You no, take it <laughs> we we uh, we are gonna have a kid and we are going to be happy. We're gonna be happy. Exactly. But that song, I remember when I first heard that song, the first thing that came to mind was, oh, this is um. This is uh, what's the telephone bill? Like, it sounds like what's yeah. the telephone bill by by Bootsy Collins? Yeah. So that that and then Bootsy's on the album, and it's like shout out to Bootsy. It, it's on a great. I love Bootsy. Like, I am and, so happy they got like a, a Grammy together too. Yeah, and it, that's the perfect bridging bridging of the generations. Mm-hmm. You know, because you you know you can have a, a young person listen to the song, and be like, oh, this is a great song, and then an older person can be like, you know, this song this actually sounds like a song from back in the day. Here, let me play that for you. And also, and then they play that for yeah. Another one was a uh, Love Train by Confunction. Yeah, ridiculous. Both songs are just ridiculous. But like I'm mm-hmm. saying, like the new generation, that's like Silk Sonic is like this generation's old heads, like oldies. Like yeah. what they are doing, like for for Anderson Pack to basically revitalize his career, and he was a good rapper. I liked him. Yeah, but for him to be like, you know, he wasn't really putting out a project out, and he wasn't really at that successful rate that a lot of people kind of had him at. He mm-hmm. was like, "Hey, Bruno, let's make a group. Well, let's just have some fun with it." And it was a good look for Bruno too, because for Bruno it was like, "How are you going to top Twenty Four K Magic?" That's a ridiculous album. It it's it was an incredible album and it was like I don't I don't think anybody could foresee what he would do afterwards and it was like okay this this album is incredible w- what are you gonna do to top this boom hooked up with with, with Anderson Park and you know look well, what they I, did I, I feel like with twenty four K I feel like Bruno Mars is legitimately that guy that was just like it starts with Bruno 
24K mm. Magic was the bridge between both with both generations because he took a lot of 90s beats and 80s beats out of that and just made them ridiculously good. And then now you add, well, he's known for making R&B music. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, man, you made a really great hip-hop album. What are you going to do on the R&B side? Fuck that. I'm not going to go by Bruno. Only Obviously, I'm going to still go by Bruno. I'm going to be in a group, Silk Sonic, and we're going to just make a bunch of love-making music. I'm just like, okay. Exactly. I'm like... And, <laughs> Even with Bruno, like he he linked up with with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis to do Twenty Four Karat Magic, and like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis did work like uh, to go through their entire catalog as far as what they who they've written for and who they've produced for. It's 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 long, you know. I mean, they the did they, they work with yeah they 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 work with Janet Jackson on one of her biggest albums of all time, Which, Rhythm Nation, and it's Rhythm like Rhythm Nation. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, and it's like you can't like. He he linked up with them, so you knew it was gonna be some. You knew right? it was gonna be some it's gonna be, fire. It's gonna be some some shit. Like this shit gonna be. This shit's gonna be lit. I, exactly. I like Bruno Mars. Like who would have thought? Like Bruno Mars on uh, that's what's that song? His first song, uh, "Wanna Be a Millionaire." Oh, I forgot about I, that. I, I dude, I legitimately. <laughs> what was his name? Uh, what was it? What was the dude's name that he sang it with? Travis something. He used to be on Gym Class Heroes. Uh, Tra Travis McCoy. Travis McCoy. Who would have thought? Like, cause. He was nothing. He was just, mm -hmm. oh, he makes like a really good, you know, like song, wherever he's pretty good as a feature artist. Then comes out with an orthodox jukebox, which yeah. is real. That's a good ass. That's a good ass album. I think I don't think he has not one bad album. I, the thing about the thing about Bruno is Bruno's like his career trajectory has gone has just been going up. And with each album, it's like a new sound, a new style and it's a new feeling each of them it's a new feeling and it's it's it i think it's very consistent in this in the sense of like he's still going to be making the same like music about the same subject matter but he's going to do it differently every time so like mm -hmm. you know we have songs like very, grenade you know i'll catch a grenade for you and stuff like I that know, who's and the then bitch that made him want to do that shit last bitch needs to fucking get a fucking <laughs> gunderhead <laughs> fuck you doing that to bruno for ever since he grew the I mustache mean, so that's a handsome man i ain't gonna Hey, I am a straight male, <laughs> but if Bruno Mars, if I had a chance to fuck Bruno Mars, I'm giving my shot. God damn, Bruno, <laughs> <laughs> it went there quick. Oh no, bro, me and me and my co-host, we talk about a lot of shit. Like we talk about the dumbest shit in the world, and we're just like, hey, you, I forgot. What's that dude from Top Gun Maverick? Uh, Ty, uh, Tom Cruise? No, 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 the other dude with another great mustache. I forget his fucking name. Shoot. I don't think I've seen. Oh. I don't think I've seen Top Gun Maverick. I, I saw trailers for it, but I forget who was. It. I just I just knew Tom. Uh, he Tom was in a he, he was in a lot of good movies too. Uh, Top Gun, uh, Top Gun Maverick cast. Let's see real quick. Miles Teller, Miles Teller. He's like what a man. He's like he uh, he always tells his girlfriend. He's like yo, Adri, if Miles Teller ever shot a shot at me, I'm sorry. I'm I'm taking that. We appreciate the male physique, and we can appreciate handsomeness. That's what we do. It's huh? Oh, sorry. Oh no, no, my thing went. My thing went dumb for a minute. So yeah, uh, okay. you're good. You're good. Okay. Now I was saying. I was saying. As men, we should definitely be able to appreciate and and vocalize when we see a good looking man. Oh yeah. You know, it, it, because I think I think a lot of the times a lot of a lot of other men hear that and they go, oh you, oh you, you know, you gay, you want this, you want him, or it's not. Oh you're that. a fag, huh? I'm like, no shit. 
because because we're not looking at the person with like we're not looking at this person sexually. Well, yeah, sexually. Well, I don't or know about I don't, or anything. I don't know about that. I'm, I'll, I'll, I might go there sometime. Like, yo, dude, Liam Hensley. <laughs> that's some. We, we we legitimately had an episode. I don't think we had to post it because it got ruined. We legitimately had an episode of like a, a tier list of just guys. I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. Liam Hensley's bro. I let that dude fuck me. <laughs> and we're just like, <laughs> we're just like, we legitimately had a, a two hour. It was like an hour and fifty minutes of just talking about dudes who we would just let just like just have our way with us. And we had okay, a thing with like. Some men. Oh, some, some men, men will look at. Oh, some we'll men will like, oh, you guys are gay. I'm like, no, nah, Alex has a girlfriend, and I simply just like women. So I'm like. You're secure. But the thing is, you're secure in, in your sexuality. Oh, yeah. You know, 100%. You know, it's, it's locked in. Throw away the key. But if someone wants to test that, I ain't going to fucking. <laughs> depends, you know, on, depends on who it is. Depends, it depends on who it is. It depends on who it is. If it's, a, if it's someone on the caliber of like a Liam Hensworth or a bright. Uh, a, a, <laughs> or a Bryson Tiller or whatever, I might, I might switch sides. <laughs> it, it takes a lot of convincing. Mm-hmm. But no, me like I'll, I'll just like I'll say when a, a man is good looking or whatever, like yeah, yeah. he's handsome, he's you know he's he's, pretty, he's a pretty dude or whatever. Yeah, I just know, I just know, I wouldn't take it that far for me. No, no, we, I would. We just joke around just, all the time. Yeah, but I know I'm just usually just like I like I, I can appreciate when a, when a man is good looking. Oh hell yeah, and handsome and pretty and everything like that. And it, you know, it just just have it because you have to like. I think it's it's for men. It's like, just the machismo. I know for me, it's a masculine I think, thing. I think I I made a video about this a while ago where um someone made a video asking if a gay guy compliments you or hits on you. That's the would greatest you be compliment. No hell no, I wouldn't. Yeah, hell and no. That's exactly what I said. That's how I know. That's this. exactly what I said. That's in the how video. I know it's this. <laughs> I'm like, that's- if a if a guy if a gay dude compliments me. I have a shot in this world if I if it if it ever comes to be if I switch sides I have a shot. If a gay I, I dude doesn't find you attracting, then there you got to work on yourself. That's and, and that's my thing. It's like it's like <laughs> if if a, if a gay dude compliments me, that means I'm attractive to both women and men. I'm a ten. Like <laughs> I'm all that in a bag of chips. And it's like if 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 I've never been me personally, if I've never been hit on by a, by a gay dude, I know for a fact I'm I'm hold on. Yeah, it's okay. It's all good. Keep, you can keep talking. You keep talking. <laughs> I know for a fact that I am, I'm a six. <laughs> I know for a fact I was six. But I don't if know. A, if a, if you a, know, what? it's crazy that you just think about it. Don't you think like with us as dudes, it's just like there's just days like, dude, you're a disgusting piece of shit. Like you just look at you, and then like, legitimately, like, the next day nothing happened. You're just like, damn, bro, you fucking looking good today, all the time. Now, see, I used to, I used to have that when I had hair. When I had hair, mm-hmm. I. I I, there were days I look good, and then I'd wake up and I'd be like, "I look like I look I look the best I've ever looked." Yeah. But now that I don't have hair and I start shaving my head and I start going bald and everything like that, like every morning I wake up and I'm like, "I'm not dude." Yeah, <laughs> I'm not dude. You feel you like know? a and hey, look at that. Look at bald dudes. I, I don't know why this thought goes in my head all the time when I see like like dudes that have like just very like thin hair, just like they're just bald and I'm like. This dude is either a porn star. Or this dude just does something really, really manly. That's my first thought. Like, shout out to J Mac. If you ever come to the podcast, please, I need to ask you what kind of bitches you fuck. That is, that is like our dream to get like a porn star, or just like a lower ranked porn star, like on this. I need to. I have so many questions. Mm-hmm. None I, of them. I, have I mean, I had one that answered back, uh, but oh. her, ske- her scheduling was just not there. A funny, funny thing. I was on TikTok the other day, and I was scrolling through my for you page, and 
I seen a video from you ever watch uh, Wizards of Waverly Place? Oh, of course, yeah, great show. Uh, Zeke, the dude who um was uh Justin's best friend on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He made a video on TikTok and he was like, "Hey guys, I know you guys recognize me from uh from Wizards of Waverly Place as Zeke, uh, but now I'm in the adult film industry and this is how it happened." And I'm like, "Excuse me." <laughs> I was like, I didn't, I never would have guessed. I mean, look, but I think I, if you can, if you could, yeah, if you could try to reach out to him, and I know Bella Thorne, uh, she like she used to. I think I'm not sure if she's still doing it, but she did like um, she wasn't in the videos, but she was like like behind the scenes, like she was uh, I think producing some like adult films and stuff. So yeah, I, I'd, um, say, I'd say holler at them. I I, I try like me and Alex were legitimately just throwing at anything of what sticks. Like I I'm not to say I was surprised, but I was just like, man, that'd be really cool if I can interview like someone on TikTok, and I do want to talk about more towards TikTok in a bit. We're just having just a fun time but like yeah. <laughs> just to get like that experience you know like with like with tiktok you know would you consider you like with your following do you consider yourself almost like an as an influencer to a degree i think at some point well I, in some degree yes uh because i think when i started because when when my when my account started to blow up like early early 2021 mm-hmm I wasn't really getting a lot of like opportunities or anything like that. Once last year, I started getting a lot more like a, a, a bigger following. My my following ballooned from like twenty six thousand to to sixty to seventy to eighty, and then I started having like different brands reach out to me and stuff like that. And oh damn! Once yeah, like it was it was um no I'm sorry it, I'm, it was not that oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I saw Zeke I just saw Zeke right now the handsome dude yeah. But yeah. looking at his Instagram, I'm just like, I didn't need to see your pubic hair. Okay. <laughs> 64K, though. Hey, Zeke from Wizardly Waverly Place. Hop on the podcast. Basically. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, like, I think w what really solidified me feeling like a, a influencer is when I started getting uh, those PayPal um, notifications from SeatGeek. Because mm -hmm. I'm with SeatGeek's uh, affiliation program. Okay. And when I started getting, like, the, the, when I started getting payments from SeatGeek, that's when I was like, "Oh, I'm an influencer." Okay, but that's <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's like my other question too. It's just like, like the payment things. Like, uh, someone like us, I, I've I've kind of already gotten a couple brand kind of slide in our DMs a little bit. I haven't accepted mm -hmm. any of them because I don't like what they're trying to do. There's one right. that I am actually am partnered with. Shout out to, by the way, guys. Shout out to AGS. If you guys are uh, Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh collectors or just a card collector in general and you guys want to get your cards graded for a very, very good price on a really great turnaround, go follow AGS. They do their grading strictly through AI. Nobody does it better than they do. Check them out. AGS. Um, that's, a really good, that's a really good ad ad plug. I like oh, that. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, I, to be honest, I just literally just talking about that, but like I've had a couple, even the program that I'm using right now, um, Ginger Audio or Caster, they reached out to me to do an affiliate program and I haven't decided if I'm going to take that or not. You know, they, it works amazing. Like all our episodes have been last seven to eight months. It's all been through here. Mm -hmm. So I want to do it, but I've just, I don't know if it's at that right time that I want to do it yet. So I always yeah. feel like, do you have to know, do you take what they give you or do you kind of know what your worth is and you kind of negotiate with them? For me, I, I see it as like, sort of like paying your dues in some in some aspects because it's like i i know i'm at like 90 92 point uh point six thousand and it's like 
while that's still pretty big for someone on TikTok, it's mm-hmm. not at that point where I can negotiate, where I can be like, you know, I have this many following and what you're offering, like I have this much of a following and what you're offering um, may be a bit short of that. So I think because of my following, I can get this for this much. Like I'm not at that stage where I can I can negotiate. So for me, I have a, a fixed rate mm-hmm. um, and I let like I you know I let whoever I'm working with know that this is my rate you know I'm willing to because for me it's about the opportunity of course for now for now it's about the opportunity and it's about building the portfolio once my portfolio is built to that point where I can you know I I have more leverage then I'll I'll definitely you know hit hit those those conversations with the more more of a negotiative mindset but for now I'm just like you know if you want to offer me 100 USD I'll take that. If you want to offer me 150 USD, I'll take that. If you want to offer me one, uh, 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 like 1500 USD, I'll take that. You know. So it, I'm. And another question with that too. Sorry to cut you off. Um, yeah. So with that, so do you? Uh, you don't have to. Dis- you don't have to disclose any prices or whatever. Uh, but so like, say, do you get like a? Di- so like, when they do like the money offer, do you mm-hmm. take like both sets of payments? Like, hey, this is what you're gonna pay me just to throw the ad and then a promotional code and I get compensation from the promotional codes or is just simply um, compensation for the promotional codes? Uh, so for SeatGeek, it's definitely through the promotion code. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then there was, uh, I think the other brands that I worked with, a lot of them, it was just, just for, just, just for the video. Oh, okay. Um, for a one-time payment. Like I did, I, yeah. There wasn't a, there wasn't like a promotion code or anything like that. It was just a, it was just for the video. Uh, uh, um, there was another brand that I worked with where they just sent me, they didn't pay me, but they, they did for offer stuff? me, pardon? Yeah, like yeah, they, they sent me okay, free stuff, on. but they also offered me like the, the, the commission for the, uh, for the codes and everything. Now, oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's stuff, it's stuff like that. Cause the, the, the thing that they sent me was for the video, like, so I can make the video and then, you know, if people use my link and use my code, then I get paid off of that. Granted, of course, the thing that it was like it's a, it was a jewelry shop, and the jewelry that they sell is a little bit expensive on the expensive side. Mm-hmm. So, so I didn't really, really see any money from that. So I was I was gonna say like you really get and it's I feel like with that I like with the negotiate. I obviously I have no say to negotiate. We're nowhere even. And another thing I want to ask you about that too, like on the following aspect, but like when it comes to that kind of stuff, like it's like a little bit more of the high end. You really can't, it's not, no disrespect to followers or anything that don't have money. Obviously, people, you know, they got to work. They got to do stuff. Like, you can't depend on your followers to buy that. Mm-hmm. And then you get a commission off of that. I see, like, I, I would say, well, like, with stuff like that, obviously, they, they were the ones that sent you the free stuff, right? Yeah. Okay, that too, but it's like, at some point, like, I need, I need to make my money too. So, is there a way we can figure out, like, hey, I can't depend on my followers. Maybe a follower or two may buy some of your guys' jewelries. But I can't depend on them. Is there a way that we can have a payment to where, hey, X amount of dollars plus commission? Or you know, I I did think about that. Like I, I thought about maybe doing that when they first emailed me. And I thought about that being like because I, I looked at their website and I seen their clientele. I saw that they they had sold, you know, uh, pieces to like Rick Ross and John Wall and stuff like that. So they were up there and I was like, you know, all all this jewelry here it's not necessarily something that a any of my followers would buy or mm-hmm. b any of if they would if they would buy it it's not something they would afford so it's like 
I thought about maybe being like, hey, maybe we can agree on a price. Maybe you you, know, you can still send me the thing, but I just want the 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 jewelry, the price. I don't really need the code or whatever. Maybe if you guys want to still give me the code, it's cool, but a, a certain price. But then I thought about it, and I thought I'm not at I, – I think what it goes back to is I'm obviously not in the position to do that yet. Of course, yeah, I understand. You know? So I, I looked at it as more of like – Okay, what what will this do for my brand, and what will this do for my portfolio mm-hmm. versus you know uh, being in a negotiative mindset? So I, I just lean more towards the exposure side, and I know a lot of because I, I grew up, I trained as a dancer, okay, and I was up. in I was in the dance world for you know for a little while before I realized that I'm I'm washed up. <laughs> um, but it, it, you get to that point, you get to that point where you're like, yeah, I I can't do this no more. I'm Your body old. tells you, uh, yeah. Uh, but the the thing about the the thing in the dance world that a lot of dancers do not like is when choreographers hire them and they they lowball them, they don't pay them a good rate, or they don't pay them at all and just say it's just for the experience, it's just for the exposure. That's what I, so there is like two brands that came out to me for that, and it's just like hey, we want to have this, you want to have your audio on here, whatever the case may be. And this is just for exposure. I'm like, yo, that's cool. Exposure don't, exposure don't pay my bills, buddy. And exactly. I have very little bills, but exposure do not pay my bills. And, exactly. And, and, and my thing is this, like, a lot of brands do take a lot of advantage over people that are very, like, that really haven't, especially if it's like a first brand offering. Like, oh, my God, I can really make money off of this. And then, bam, they screw you over with just, oh, yeah, you're getting exposure. And mm-hmm. my thing is this, is like, Especially with like, not I feel like Instagram is just dying as a whole. Like it's just it's dumb. Um, that's why I really have kind of stopped promoting on Instagram a lot more. Rather, I, I promote on my personal Instagram, which is Vince City Kings. But like, other than that, like I don't make our podcast page anymore because I just feel like it's just it's you're just not gonna go anywhere with it. It's just if you know if if you don't have over 10k, you're really not doing anything anymore. Absolutely. Like, like it, I remember there was a there was a point where if you had a thousand followers ooh, on Instagram, you were the man. You were the, you were shit. the man. Dude, and that was the thing. And I, I felt like with Instagram, because I used to do I used, I sell vintage still. I still sell a, a bunch of vintage t-shirts and like vintage items and all that. Yo, I see everyone hit a thousand. I'm just like, dude. And these guys have made careers off of hitting thousand followers. Like mm-hmm. these guys that had a thousand and now they have thirty rat like thirty thousand and they're making money every day. I'm like, dude, I want to hustle my ass off to get a thousand. And another thing is with like TikTok. Do you think it's harder to get a thousand followers than it is to get your following right now? Do you think it was much more of a grind to get a thousand and everything is just not a piece of cake? It just flows a little bit more as usual. I'm trying to remember. I think I think it was easy when I got my thousand. Oh, that's cool. I- <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Rub it, was, it in. Rub it in, I bro. Think it was, yeah, I'm sorry. No big deal. No big deal. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I mean to do that. But um, but because I think what it was, because when I when I started TikTok, it was like in in like maybe like tail end, if not the like definitely the third quarter of or the yeah the third quarter of uh, of 2020. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely like while we were while we were still sort of in the thick of the of the mm-hmm. pandemic, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and people were just on their phones watching TikTok and everything. So I joined TikTok. And I was making content that was very, like, mostly just about my interests and everything like that. And sometimes I was, like, maybe even repurposing the videos I would make on Instagram and put them on TikTok and everything. Once I started to do that and have more fun with it, I think 
and and this was the time when the algorithm on TikTok was so much better than it is now. Oh yeah, hundred percent. The, the the algorithm on TikTok now, I think I, I and I I made a video about this uh a couple days ago. I uploaded it and I said that like right now TikTok is prioritizing promotions. They want you to like promote and mm-hmm. buy your followers and buy your views. Essentially, is what it is. Well, it's a because- bunch of ads now because like before, like maybe not even. 2022 you didn't see a single ad on there no you you just and now it's just like you want to grow your tiktok followers and do all this and do all that i'm like no like to me i will never buy it i will never buy a follower like to me that is so that is so inauthentic like yeah the 200 that i have right now and that's shout out to you guys uh it is just it's awesome Uh, the whole point of the podcast and like i said we want to get people's opinions that's why I make because Alex doesn't really like to do. He's not really much for the videos. He doesn't make his own videos or whatever. Well, obviously I have him. We do this on YouTube and all that, and I make the clips. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's camera shy. He just doesn't want to be. He just doesn't want to do that. That's not his niche. Right. But again, like our thing was, we want to have discussions with people where we can make content where anybody's involved. If you if you have a take on football or MMA or whatever. And you, no one really wants to listen to you. We'll listen to you, and we can mm-hmm. have that conversation. Or, like, hey, man, like we talk about like writing and like in in the industry right now is, is so garbage. Hey, man, I really don't think so. I like this, that, and the third, like whatever. It's a conversation base, and that's exactly. what that's what we strive for. Like, and right now, not to sound like a bitter person, I see a lot of people on TikTok that can go live, like has the, the live feature. Mm-hmm don't deserve that platform mm-hmm. it is the same like, i hate to sound like i'm bitter because i don't have a thousand followers i feel like it is the same thing over and over again because it's what gets you your clicks and what gets you your views and you're inauthentic like yeah every time i go on my live feed i like i do like some lives like some people have some entertaining lives especially when they play video games or whatnot i'm a huge gamer but like mm-hmm. the simple just it just shows them like in a black screen and it just shows like topics or whatever. And it's like mm-hmm. women deserve to be in the kitchen or this, that, and the third, like just being absurd. And mm-hmm. it's just like, and then you have people that are arguing with them. And then the host is a terrible host because he's set his, he's already set in stone. Cause he just wants to be controversial. Yeah. He just want he wants to argue. He doesn't want, cause the whole thing, it's like the, 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 the background, it's a black background that mm-hmm. has the, D- uh, debate me on this or uh change my mind on this and it's all yep. these topics or whatever and he just wants to get a gotcha moment mm-hmm. for somebody who comes on and tries to say something different from him he wants to have a gotcha moment he wants to have an argument he wants like to the minute viral. like doesn't... the minute you contradict yourself ah, i got gotcha, you nah, 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 i don't want to listen to you bye what a what a exactly. bad host what about like to me those people do not deserve a platform at all like especially look- if you're not listening to the per- like I've I've been I've seen a lot of these lives too where I would go in and just to hear what they're talking about right? and then you got like, the you times- got me I got I'm in the view you got me yeah I'm just like yeah okay cool you, yeah you you got me in here but I'm listening to what's going on and what's going on is this person is trying to make a point and you're over there still yelling and talking or whatever and it's like yo respect is and and then when you're trying to make your point as the host, and then someone tries to talk over you the way you're talking over that person. No, no, you're no, like, no. Oh, respect the host, respect the host, respect or, the host. Or this, oh, oh, you're just gonna get click, you're done. What a bad, what a bad guy. You can't even conversate. I'm like, dude, 
Exactly. I'm like, and then there's like a bunch of them. Like, they, like they just make a bunch of clickbaity topics. And I'm not saying people are dumb. They just want to try to educate these people. And it's just like, you just don't want to listen. And that's what makes me mad where it's just like, who knows? Maybe I might be a hypocrite when I hit a thousand. I might just do all that. I'm kidding. No, but uh, <laughs> but it's just the topic of conversation, which is just like, hey, this week we're doing NFL. What are you guys' NFL takes? Someone's like, oh, I think the Jets can win the fucking Super Bowl or whatever. I'm like, let's talk about it. What's your, mm-hmm. what's your evidence that you think you can do it? Like, you guys don't have a quarterback right now. Your guys are a quarterback away from competing. And it's like, yeah, but what if we get Lamar Jackson? I'm like, Lamar Jackson don't want to go to the cold. I'm, and I'm just, it's just like that conversation-wise. I look at a bunch of those. I look at podcasts. Like, I feel like not, and again, I don't feel like I'm sounding bitter, but a lot of these podcasts should not deserve a platform for, not what they're preaching, because it's the same shit that they are just mm-hmm. spewing out. Like, Ever since Kevin Samuels died, everyone's trying to be the next Kevin Samuels. Or the next Andrew Tate. Mm-hmm. Even though he's still around, but he's in jail. He's in jail. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's uh, that dude. We, Alex, uh, we were t- like, talking about like... Tate pack. Tate pack. <laughs> smoking that tape. Dude, that chick legitimately smoked the tape pack, for real. Tape pack. Hitting. Talking. right now. Chest. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> but I just feel like... Like with like someone like me that is trying to get this podcast to get into a, a pla- I I don't believe we have a platform just yet. I think mm-hmm. we are just making strides. We're trying to do that. If you can give someone advice like me that's striving to get a thousand so I can go live or just to build a platform out and just as a mm-hmm. business minded person, what advice would you give like us as a podcast and just me in general when it comes to, you know, TikTok and just being, you know, just trying to post and just an influence and all that stuff. I think the biggest advice I could give is just to, cause I know for me, I got all of my, like I got my following and everything just by being myself mm-hmm. and by not conforming to, cause I noticed a lot of people, for example, um, not to, not to use, uh, I'm, I'll, I'll use it. I'll, I'll say his name. I don't, give, I don't yeah, care. Talk your Sneeko, shit. uh, Sneeko, when he, cause I, I, I never, I never followed Sneeko. I knew of Sneeko because of AMP and everything. Yeah, I knew Sneeko because they, he was always on the uh, um, peer-to-peer podcast. Yeah, you watched that? Uh, in, he, um, I've watched a couple episodes, like They're mostly good ones. because of a certain, certain, certain uh, guest yeah. that was on there, like my, K Showtime or yeah. Christopher London was on there. My favorite um, episode from them was the uh, was the Dr. Dre episode. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh my god, bro! So it's like back. This is like year, probably like a year or two ago. When Dr. Dre had to pay his wife, like I think it was like, mm-hmm. like whatever the whatever the settlement was, like yeah, it was like it was an absurd amount of money, like fifty mil a month or whatever, mm-hmm. something like that. And the obviously, do you you know who their like producers like John, jo- John the family, John family's <laughs> ridiculously funny. He's like he's like, he was talking about like how what he would do. He's like she getting bopped. <laughs> he's like he's like you can't say this. Like dude, she wouldn't even get the papers, bro. And mm-hmm. then he talks about, <laughs> he's like, dude, come on, man. It's like 100000 you get a clean, he's like, dude, come on, 100000 you get a clean job. He's like, 50000 you can get a messy job and still get away with it. 25000 you can you can sort of get away with it and get a Beats package from Dre. That shit's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, John John is hilarious. John but, is hilarious. But Sneeko, when Sneeko first started on YouTube, he wa- he wasn't this this red pool, red pill guy. He wasn't out here saying controversial things just for like he he had a a, a 
a, the one minute podcast where he would, you know, be in uh, in New York or like in, in a subway station or whatever. And he would have someone come on there for like a minute and they just talk about whatever it is, you know. So like he he was doing stuff like that. And then he realized that that stuff, while it was making him successful, why he was making his platform grow, it wasn't getting him the intention like the stuff that he's doing now. Similar to Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels at one point was doing content about men. He was saying, men, this is what you need to do. You like, you like know. My only pushback with him, with Kevin Samuels, yes, there's a lot of things I do not agree with Kevin Samuels. There's a lot mm-hmm. of things he talks about, which is absolute rubbish. But then again, he's talking to the guys and the women that are making more than an average nine-to-fiver. That's how I take his stuff. Like, I don't take his stuff religiously and a lot right, of his right. stuff. I take bits and pieces where he's like, hey, you know, like, again, I un- completely understand. Like, yeah, for a lot of it, it was for men's health, men's, because he was a he was a beauty consultant. He was like a something like that. He was a but beauty consultant. Is, but but he once, get, he, once COVID sorry, happened, I'm sorry, uh, but once COVID happened, a lot of women started going on there. And, you know, he put my thing is this. He put the mirror in front of them. They did not like what they what they saw, but at the same time, he was just making a bunch of outlandish claims to them, and, and that that's and it, what gave him his attention, and, and that that was the thing. Mm-hmm. And with like with Sneeko, it's just like I forgot what it was. I think it was the chick that was drunk on the subway or whatever that got him like that viral moment. Mm-hmm. It was like, what do you want? What are you doing? This, that, and the third. Like she was like super drunk, and he was just going mm-hmm. along with it. Got him viral, and he was talking about like shit. My thing is this, and everyone is, like, non-authentic. Like, the minute you are viral for a certain thing, that is what you have to do for the rest of your life. Like, not the rest of your life, mm-hmm. but that's what you have to do until you can make another insane viral moment. Like so with, that you can maintain it, yeah. Yeah, and like, so, like, say, you, like, you're a good guy. Like, like, a, like WWE, like, uh, a good example. Do you watch MMA at all by any chance? Like, UFC and all that? Not MMA or UFC. I'm more of a wrestling guy. All right. Okay, okay, so a good, a perfect example is, like, um... Let's just say Seth Rollins when he was with Shield. Yeah. That was it. Like Shield was cool. Like they were cool. Seth Rollins turned on them. Or mm-hmm. well, who was on Seth? It was Seth Rollins. Who was Seth Rollins? He 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 stuck the chair in um Dean Ambrose. In, uh, uh yeah. No, he uh, Seth Rollins stuck the chair in uh Roman Reigns' back. Okay. And so, then joined the authority. And joined the authority. It's okay. But like with Seth Rollins, he now has to continuously play the heel. Mm-hmm. He can't be the good guy anymore. Like, he could be if they wanted to, like, change the story. But, like, but he's known for being that gimmick. That is what you are known for. That is what you have to do. You can't be different. Because if you be different, they're not going to like you. And then right. you're going to look even more of a fool when you have to go back to the same gimmick that got you your fame in the first place. But, like, say you are very authentic and you could venture out. Like, yours, yes, you like music, but you talk about whatever. You yeah, t- and, and that's that's, that's what, I was what keeps say. yourself as authentic. And look with me, and- we make podcast clips and I talk about what I like to talk about. Like, I don't want to talk about like I already know, like if I, I can make a video on oh women should just fucking do this, that, and the third, they don't believe anything, da, 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 da. and then mm-hmm. I get a bunch of feminists like you're a fucking asshole, you're fucking doing that. That's what gets my moment. I can't go back to talking about anime. Right. And that's where like if we have a viral moment where we could talk about anime. That's what we've been doing this entire time. Or, like, talk about movies or whatever. That is awesome. Then we can do whatever we want. But, like, say me and Alex make that one clip that is just viral. And I do believe everyone has a chance to go viral. 
like there, everyone there, has a there chance. will always be an opportunity it just you just got to say the right thing or i think virality all happens like the right like it's all the right right place right time the stars have to right align <laughs> yeah exactly so it's like I, my thing is and the thing is i feel like you already got it because the idea of just continue to be authentic um for me i've just i've never strayed away from what my content is or from what like from from what i am like for me it's like i first started getting views because i did a michael jordan video of me reenacting uh the 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 2k commercial where he's showing off the rings yeah, yeah that's yeah, how yeah. i first that's how i first got my got my views and then i got my and then the second time like the second wave came when i made a video about the black panthers meeting up with norman lear to change television and then thus the cosby shows born a different world's born and then the boom of uh hbcu enrollment and black enrollment in second in post-secondary mm -hmm. that was where my second crop of views and following came from and then the third crop the third wave i'm not gonna say crop the third wave mm -hmm. came from the sample videos mm -hmm. so each time each moment was something different and each time was all based on things that i already knew things that i'm already interested in things that i'm already things that already make up who i am anyway yeah so like, it, to be honest like i don't know what's going on right now i made a video about maybe like two hours ago my thing has been blowing up with a bunch of fucking things on tiktok right now i'm like did i just mm -hmm. hit a fucking moment <laughs> but uh, i but i just talked about like because for the premise of that video that i'm talking about is people are saying boxing's dying and mma is on the rise if you guys listened to last week's episode, me and Alex talked about MMA and boxing kind of just in this stagnant state, but it's still like an exciting year for boxing and MMA. Like I, the fights that are happening or whatnot, I'm super excited for it. But people are saying like boxing's dying because these fighters, these X amount of fighters, they only pick like four. They only pick like six people. I was just like, yeah, those are big names and we might never get those fights. But I'm like, one, well, that one's booked. The other one's in negotiations. The other one, both of them just have no interest in fighting each other, which is which sucks for the fans. And yes, they are. Their O's are. They're too scared to, you know, like lose their their undefeated status. But at the same time, you're not talking about X X X X X amount X amount X amount X amount X amount where these guys are trying to go undisputed, which never happened in the divisions. Or, you know, you want to talk about UFC on the rising? Like UFC hasn't had a million a million pay per view buyout since Conor McGregor. And that's been damn near almost two years. Like, their biggest one last year that my buddy Alex told me was Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira, and that was only 650000 Damn. Not and even close. Not even close. And my thing is this. They, and we talked about it last week, where it's so, there's not a star in there anymore. There's not a Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey, a Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, like, that are just conjuring up these million pay-per-view buys. So to say that boxing's dying, but UFC hasn't even done anything. Yes, we're getting these great fights, but it doesn't correlate to those buyouts. Exactly. Granted, granted. Besides, I mean, Ronda Rousey right now is in WWE. Yeah. So, you know. Did you watch the Royal Rumble? I watched the the final because I was at work for majority of 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 the of the 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 show. Same but here. I watched the final moments. Rhea Ripley. The, that that bloodline stuff. Oh. Everyone is saying cinema. I think it's 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 there more than cinema. It is it's is, astronomically amazing. When when storytelling and wrestling is great, 
it's, it's great, great. Mm-hmm. and this is this is one of those moments where this is great storytelling in wrestling because this this is i would say like since like for two years the bloodline has been a storyline and we've seen you know with with the struggle with jay and roman and then with sammy being added and the struggle between jay and sammy and then finally sammy being upset, accepted into the bloodline and jay finally accepted him accept, accepting him and everything and seeing how everything played out up until the Royal Rumble, like even tonight, like I think that's the best part about it. Watching what happened at the Royal Rumble, now you're interested to mm-hmm. see the fallout. I, I'm really excited to see it. Like I'm, I'm most likely not gonna watch it. Uh, I'll probably, I'll probably like have to record it or whatever. But, mm-hmm. uh, man, I, I just feel like we'll get to another topic with wrestling too. Like I just feel like with wrestling, ever since Triple H took over, I just think it's just been great. It has because. The thing with Triple H is Triple H is a forward thinker. He's always Triple H has always been like since since the '90s, since the 2000s. He's always been a forward thinker. Vince loves to take maybe two steps forward and then uh, ten steps back. <laughs> and yeah. the, and that's the thing with Vince. It's like Vince is so he's he's been since the since the '90s. He's been out of touch. He's been out of step with what. The re- with the the wrestling consumers want mm-hmm. the only time, the only time that you would say that Vince was in touch with wrestling was like the Attitude Era. But even then, none of that stuff was was of his. Like, yeah, he was that he was at the helm of it, but a lot of like you know Stone Cold was the one who who had to, who changed his gimmick. Well, Stone and, Cold and The Rock, these guys and, legitimately changed the game for wrestling. I didn't think with the Ruthless Aggression era, the only thing he did right was Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero. And obviously Legacy did, and all them too, but you look at how, and obviously I want to ask that one question too. Um, but with everything that Vince has done ever since like, I think it was WrestleMania 17, which was 17 or 18 the one with stone cold and the rock which one is that one 17, that, 17. that's like that was the, the last that great is, WrestleMania that was the, of the attitude era i think after that time there was just no direction he just thought we could replicate the attitude era and mm-hmm. try making it even more better and you just couldn't do it and he then tried you, to sorry he tried no, to dude. replicate the attitude era during the pg era especially and it's mm-hmm. like no Vince knows that he can't do that because he has investors. Mm-hmm. He has people that like he has he, he has a, an image that the WWE is trying to uphold, and it's like he wants to listen to the consumers to bring to you know to make ed- wrestling more edgier. But then when he does that, he's like, oh, I'm gonna um we're gonna bring back the Attitude Era and all this stuff. And it's like, no, you you can't do that, Vince. And then he wants to do the character wrestling stuff again, and he wants to go back to like it, it's just Vince has always been someone who's been a bit out of step with the wrestling world vince is that vince is basically that that old uh he's he's that old guy that's trying he's that old cop that's going into high school trying to be a teenager yeah exactly exactly he's like like 21 jump street yeah like what's going on there children is there anything of the marijuana (laughs) we can smoke like okay can i get some of the weed uh like it's like you're a cop sir (laughs) yeah it's like i i I can see where's the the frat party (laughs) <laughs> I can see the wire, sir sir. <laughs> sir. sir, this is a high school. We don't dress like that. <laughs> she has like a fucking backwards beanie, like a like a like a, a boonie cap on, like that. What's going on there with like a skateboard? I'm like, sir, this is the suburbs. No, we do. Yeah, we don't. We don't do that. <laughs> sir, this is an sir. This is an all black college. What are you doing here? <laughs> this is an HBCU. What are you doing? Here? Yeah, why one of them is not like the other. 
this is this is 2022 why are you dressing like 1986 but yeah vince vince <laughs> and that's why when vince stepped down i think that was like the uh, the biggest well sigh obviously of relief. He had, well obviously he had to step down for other reasons <laughs> yes yes i mean you know they paid that I, you know they paid that check off yeah of course i think he he i mean he did a lot of paying he did a lot of paying. a lot of paying but no yeah the, the, the referee chick from like the 80s or whatever yeah he he paid her off i'm like that's the thing is like when they like do that so i'm like you did it yeah well in some in some cases there's in some in some cases yes okay i can't okay i gotta reword that in some cases but for Vince and his track record, you did it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. When I when I when I seen all that stuff, I was like, Vince did that shit. I'm like, Vince raped, I'm like Vince raped her. Vin, but the the crazy thing about it, it was it was Vince and Johnny Ace. I was like, no way, Johnny Ace is involved in this. Yeah, but I was right? like, I was like, this seems. I think it was it was just it was the reason why I said no way is because it was random. But I was like. Seems like some shit Johnny Ace would do. I'm not gonna right. lie to you. That's John Laryngitis that... seems like some shit he would do. <laughs> that's some shit. Is... Are you, like, that's what I felt like with Chris Tucker and the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing. Mm-hmm. You know he was on that plane, right? To well, go to the okay, island. So the the I've heard various things. I think the thing that I heard the most was, or I think the thing that has been fact checked is that the Jeffrey Epstein flight logs that has been circulating through the internet. Mm-hmm. Those were like, there's no um, credible source for that one. I thought the pilot like, the, put that out. I think it was on like, I think it's on like Snopes or like one of those fact checky websites where uh, it shows like the the that flight log where it has like Tom Hanks and all mm-hmm. these people and everything, and then it said that like the like the 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 conclusion was that this flight log like there's no credible source for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have been doctored or whatever. Yeah. Because, you know, the internet, you know, sometimes the Facebook... Internet. They will tell you lies. They will tell you lies. Yeah. You know, misin- we're right now in the biggest age of misinformation. 100%. You can literally say something and you can literally find a really good log and then someone could be like, well, on this fucking log over here, like there is only two of them. I'm like, dude, that's two logs compared to the 40 that I read. So who's mm-hmm. really that? Well, you really don't know because it's the internet. I'm like, then why are you making the argument, sir? Right, and it's it's always it's always that one person, uh, showing you a link, uh, and the link has a whole bunch of like ads on there. Has like Peter Griffin and Lois Griffin having sex in the corner and stuff like that. And it's like, yo, what is Ash Ketchum like, doing to Misty? That should be me. It's like, <laughs> it's like it's like that's the that's the website you're going to 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 give me your facts. Sneaky okay, leaks, sir. sneakyleaks.com. That's cool, man. I'm gonna bookmark that. <laughs> yeah, cool. Thanks. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, I'm not sure where the train of thought went to. <laughs> I have no idea. See, this is the part about the podcast. But let's go back to wrestling for a minute. Uh, we yeah. are actually having some really great time right now. What if you have a top five wrestlers? Can you give me your top five? In any era, I usually can never say the Attitude Era, because I never grew up in the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. See, I when it comes to like lists. I always have like two lists. I have like five of my favorites and then five that I think are the greatest. Uh, so whether it's wrestling, basketball, hip hop, or whatever, um, I always a, have like two that, five lists. That's that's a great list. You know what? I like that. I might I might start doing that now. But we'll go yeah, with because, we'll go with we'll go with your top um, favorites. Favorites, favorites of all. Okay. Favorites of all well, time. Shawn Michaels is number one. Ooh. Um, that's, like oh, you're doing this like as a list, like one to five. Like one is the greatest of all time for you. One is your favorite of all time. 
favorite of all time. Yeah. Oh, okay, One okay, is okay. Shawn Michaels, and then Shawn Michaels Triple H will always be top two for me as Ooh. far as like favorites. Okay. Um, The Rock. And the thing is, The Rock should be number one because The Rock was my first favorite mm -hmm. of all time. But Shawn Michaels, like watching him as a as a wrestler, as a performer, mm -hmm. like I don't know, like I I just I always felt a lot more. I, I was always a lot more excited when I saw him. It's HBK, bro. Sandwich. Come on. Yep, it's the heartbreak kid, the showstopper, the showstopper, the, the headliner. The, you know, oh, Mr. WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, Canada. <laughs> and well, yeah. See, and that's the thing. It's blasphemous for me to even put Shawn Michaels as number one, considering <laughs> the amount of times he, who's your daddy, Montreal? Like the way he is the biggest heel in oh, Canada. It's amazing. It was amazing. But we we still love him no matter what. Love so you. it's Shawn Michaels, Triple H. Chris, uh, whoa, wow, the, the that rock. was that whoa. was a long time ago. Chris Jericho was in my top three, but yeah, uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, The Rock, Stone Cold, Chris Jericho. Those those are my five favorite wrestlers of all time. So I have two of your top five and my favorite of all time. Perfect. What is it? So number one will always be it, no matter what. Is the Latino Heat, Eddie, Eddie mother Guerrero, Eddie motherfucking Guerrero. If you want to talk about great wrestlers, like great, like actual wrestlers, technical wrestler, technical, technical wrestlers, wrestlers, he's the greatest. Eddie Guerrero's top five, top three, in my opinion. It's it's, it's Bret Hart, it's, Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero. Ooh, I think Chris Benoit is under is a, is a, is slightly above uh, Kurt Angle, just slightly as a performer. Yes. As a performer. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but so Eddie Guerrero, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Chris Benoit, and and Rey Mysterio, my favorite Rey of all time. Rey Mysterio is one of those one of those wrestlers who, um, because of his size, I, I used to love watching him get like thrown around. Ragdoll. There's, a, oh, there's a freaking match where he's strapped to a stretcher, and I think Kane is wrestling him. <laughs> he's strapped to a stretcher, and he swings the stretcher with Rey Mysterio yeah, on it just against the the ring post. That is ridiculous. Like, How light like, are you in the ass, Rey Mysterio? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's no way. Hey, this guy's getting lit up like this. This is I, I looked at that like this is this is peak television. Mm -hmm. You know what well, my yeah, you know what um, my buddy says too? He said his favorite of all time, and I don't know if this is satire, but he he's been saying this for like 10 years, was like Jack Swagger. <laughs> Jack Swagger? Yeah, he's like he's like, Yeah, I like Jack Swagger. I'm like, he's like, Yeah, man. He's like, I'm the all-American American. I'm like <laughs> I'm like, that's like my friend with Chuck Palumbo. But the only reason why he loved, the only reason why he loved Chuck Palumbo was because anytime we played SmackDown versus Raw 2009, he would always main Chuck Palumbo. <laughs> hey, <laughs> go to the game by the way. 2008, oh, 2009, great games. 07, 08, 09, ridiculous games. Incredible run. Now I, I do want to ask you because you did say he's in your top five, and I think you did say that you wanted to. What's your, what are your thoughts on on Chris Benoit? Like as far as like, as a wrestler, as a person, all around. I, what are your? Because I know he's your. He's one of your top five yeah. favorites. Oh, so, oh, so another funny thing too. So the Royal Rumble just passed, right? Right. So I text my uncle. This came to my. No, I called him. I immediately called him when I had this thought. I made a whole storyline involving Chris Benoit for some reason. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I figured out what's gonna be in the Royal Rumble. He's like, what? I'm like, I figure who's gonna be the surprise guest and who's gonna win it all and is gonna go to WrestleMania. He's like, what? Chris Benoit. He's like. 
you care to explain? I'm like, Vince McMahon paid off Chris Benoit to make him the greatest heel of all time for the last oh 15 years. <laughs> Just, he's out there in the Caribbean islands with Tupac and Biggie. <laughs> and once you hear the... All you hear is either booze or what? It's What's going to be the most confused pop of all time. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's alive! He's alive! Chris Benoit's alive! He, he, oh my God, he wins it all. Guess what happens? Everyone's like, did he kill his wife and child? No, his wife and child are still there just to prove he didn't kill him. But they turn his back on him, and they're with the Usos. Oh, okay. That is, okay, it's a here, crazy storyline. Where the Usos coming in? Don't worry about it. So he has to win their love back by beating them by being the undisputed champion. But guess what? Something else happens. Eddie Guerrero never died either. Eddie Guerrero comes back, WrestleMania fights Rey Mysterio for Dominic because we all know Eddie Guerrero is Dominic's dad. <laughs> and then now you have a whole new storyline. I'm like, book it. Never happened. I was like, damn, I'm a little disappointed. Okay. I was slightly disappointed. Uh, but my thing on Chris Benoit is this. Um, I feel like this is with everybody, uh, with anybody that has had any type of controversial. I have learned, and people may be mad at me, I have learned to separate the man from his work. Uh, People like Chris Benoit, does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? 100%. But he will never be in the Hall of Fame because of what he did. Chris Benoit is one of my favorites of all time, but he's a piece of shit of a person. Like, fuck him. He, and this is the thing where I, uh, where Chris Benoit was just like, just captivating for me. Like, I loved him. Like, I loved him. But the minute that news broke, never did anything. It had nothing to do with them. I had T-shirts. I had toys. I threw them away. And and there's a difference between separating that and because what he did overlaps his career. Absolutely. So, like, say with Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero was a, was a known drug abuser. Known drug abuser. Did you ever watch Dark Side of the Ring? Yeah, I I watched uh I watched that I watched the episode where Eddie Ben Owen Benoit okay Eric, the Von Eric family mm-hmm. yeah I haven't watched New that Jack one. I haven't watched the Von Eric one I gotta watch that so mm-hmm. so remember with Vicky she said he was overdosing and she left because mm-hmm. she had to drop the kids off that does not overlap his career because it was never known into the public of oh he was a drug abuser it was never but known also. Yeah, but also, too, I think drug abuse and what Benoit did is very different. Uh, again, very different, but I'm just using it as a perspective of what Benoit did overlapped his career. Yeah. You can't, you now you can't distinguish both of them. It's always going to be, I like Chris Benoit. Man, he sh- I wish he would have never did what he did. That is yeah. the conversation all the time. I like Chris Benoit, hate what he's done. That is my take on it. Is I learned yeah. to separate the man from their artist. Like, same thing with Michael Jackson. I love his music. Is he a weirdo? And did he do that? Allegedly, yeah. But I really don't care about Michael Jackson, the person. I like the artist. Mm-hmm. And this goes into this treading waters is like R. Kelly. Well, okay. So, this is where... here Here's where I am with Benoit. And even just the conversation about separating art from artists. Okay. <clears throat> For me, it's like... With the separation of art from artist, there there are certain with anything in life, there's a degree to certain things, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, of course. Um, so for example, to bring R. Kelly in this, right? Yeah. R. Kelly, first of all, I 
when I was a kid, there was maybe like one or two songs that I liked by R. Kelly. Fucking twelve but the play. The rest was, of his fucking twelve play was ridiculous of an album. Have you ever watched? Have you ever heard the song Twelve Play? Uh, I heard the album, the whole album. Oh, it's but, ridiculous! Um, it's ridiculous. But but, but okay. um, there was there was maybe like one or two songs by R. Kelly that I really liked. Um, the rest of them I didn't care for. Didn't mm -hmm. didn't care didn't care for uh bump and grind. Didn't care for uh, ignition remix. Didn't care for freaking uh, uh I believe I could fly. That's like what and and that's the crazy thing about it too. It's like for me it was the reason why it's so easy for me to let go of R. Kelly is because I never really rocked. And that's music. the thing. Even, yeah, that's, and that's and I truly respect that. It's cool. And not a lot of people like a lot of shit. Like if you're mm -hmm. not really big R. Kelly, you like one or two songs. That's cool. But like right. Um, but, but my thing is, but the thing is, but, um, like there's, th let's just be honest. This dude was part of two different generations. Like his music is impactful, whether we like it or not. Like it's impactful. Like he's done, he's produced a lot of things. And but I think Car Kelly is a major piece of shit. He should have been locked up mm -hmm. when the video Years ago. video came out. How the fuck Years does it take? Ago. How the fuck does it take a whole ass documentary series to do it? And then because it, when. When he was in court for the video, they used plausible deniability and said that maybe it was well. They 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 said that it was his brother in the video, mm -hmm. and then I guess that swayed the jury. But my thing with R. Kelly is this, and it goes and with other artists of that caliber, other performers of that caliber mm -hmm. as well. When when the like you can separate the art from the artist in some cases, but when the cases like for example, when the the art itself is close to the thing that the person is being is, is accused of or whatever that's when it's hard to separate mm. so we're r kelly right okay i, I, I get music, i get what you're saying okay like his his music was sexually explicit oh of course right? and the things he was accused of sexually explicit no oh, yeah he wrote he wrote alia's entire Al, sorry alia's first album and that's how you say her name alia yeah, yeah. She, she. Anytime she was in an interview, she always let people know that's that's how you say. say I didn't know Alia. that. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah, but yeah, age is so, age nothing but a number, right? That's her album. It, exactly. He wrote that album, and on the freaking album cover, he's in the he's back, in the back there, yeah. kind of just like yeah. And of course, we know <laughs> he's the like, history <laughs> between. The, yeah, and we oh know. Oh my god! Did you see the newest? Did you see the newest episode of Surviving R. Kelly? There's a new episode. Yeah, it came out like a couple weeks ago. Okay, I need to see that, bro. Aliyah's uh, parents should be arrested for what the fuck they did to her. Oh, a thousand percent. But no, uh, they, there was a, a there was a signed uh, there's an NDA, mm -hmm. basically writing them off. But at the cost, you I think you can look this up. R. Kelly doesn't own his first three albums anymore. They do. I heard, yeah, I heard about that. So they did that to basically pimp their daughter out to him. Right, it, and yeah, that the, to me that's absolute piece of garbage. Am I going to, my thing is this, and there's people that always make this dumb assessment. And I'm like, and it turns people off sometimes, but it'd be like, hey, what do you, what are you like listening to right now? I'm like, oh, I'm, like, I'm listening to R. Kelly. I like when a, woman, when a woman's fed up, like that's a good song. It's like, oh, you listen to R. Kelly? So why you like girls? I'm like, where did you, where did you get this assessment from? Mm -hmm. I know what he did. Me knowing what he did, I don't support any of that. I can enjoy his music, but at the same time, it's just like, really don't like him i really don't like yeah. him and the thing is, is i totally agree and there's a lot of people like i just i just don't like r kelly i'm like oh, that's cool you know no one likes a lot of people like a lot of people don't like michael jackson okay that's cool like i don't i'm not gonna be like oh what your music opinion sucks like no like yeah, i see i used to be i used to be the type of person who like anytime someone was like if if i if someone was posting like a r kelly song on their on their story or whatever i would 
pull out like comment and be like yo you're really still listening to arc at some at some point you kind of have to like let people be people let people yeah. enjoy what they like or whatever but <clears throat> just going back to the r kelly thing and going back to chris benoit with, with r kelly it's that same it's that situation where what he was accused of was very close to his music mm-hmm. as I, far I, as I, the totally, content. I totally agree with you that with benoit it's like he was a great performer great wrestler just happened like, out again, of nowhere I, it's just it's one of those things where he was a great performer, but when you saw the way he performed, when you saw the way he wrestled and mm-hmm. the intensity and everything like that, you can't help but think to yourself, yo, was he like that at the home? Oh. And fuck. that's what Damn, that's what you just opened my ben- you you opened my eyes right now, bro. Damn. And that's what ruins Benoit for me. Mm. Like when I watch a Ben when I watch a, an old match with a Benoit, like my favorite WrestleMania matches, one of my favorite WrestleMania matches is the, the triple threat between Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Benoit. And Ridiculous. the ending of that where Benoit is it, you know, Benoit gets the championship and and Eddie Guerrero comes out and they have the conf- I watched that live. Same here. On like on on TV, and I remember I'm like, of course nobody would 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 know what was gonna happen that afterwards. That was 2005, right? Two. Yeah, that yeah. was like, yeah, that was 05. Yeah, that was 05. And then Eddie, and then Eddie dies, and then that sends Benoit into a, into a, into a tailspin of emotions and everything, and he's pretty much on a, on a downward spiral. And then boom, the the Benoit shit happens. The thing with Benoit, it's like he was a great performer, great great wrestler, but and New Jack said this. He said, <clears throat> because New Jack has a whole has a whole interviews where he's talking shit about Benoit, saying fuck Benoit, all these. That's things. cool. Like what, it, it, it's people's like, what do you believe is like? Is fuck Benoit? Fuck Benoit. That's cool. Like, yeah, but, I mean, even you said it. You said fuck Benoit yeah, too. Fuck Benoit. And it's like, like that dude's a piece of and, shit. And I agree with that. But here's the reason why I agree with that. And New Jack said this. He said that Benoit, you know, brutalized Nancy, you know, br- uh killed his son but this was the interesting part when he hung himself on the uh, on the weight machine mm-hmm. he had a towel around his neck so mm-hmm. in case his neck didn't break he wouldn't ha- or in case his neck did break he wouldn't have a scar mm-hmm. so he said anything good to say about benoit goes out the door because everything else that he did was brutal make it makes it seem very intentional that he did what he did to his to, to his family and what he did to himself. Everything there seems very intentional. And damn, you we really, don't. I mean, you're really opening my eyes what, right now. You're really opening my eyes right now with that. That is a fucking great take, bro. I and wow. But the thing too is like we don't know what happened. We don't know if it was if if because I mean they did say that when when they did the brain scans, they found that his brain was of of you know of the the mind of a seventy year old dementia patient. You know, so we don't know what happened at the house that day. We don't know if it was CTE was a second bitch, <laughs> right? Right? We like we don't we don't know if it, if it was a a psychotic break or anything like that. But what we do know is what he did to himself and what he did to his family, mm-hmm. and it, it it it's a dark cloud that looms over his over his. Uh, even Paul Heyman said it. Paul Heyman said Chris Benoit was the only person who had a choice behind yeah. what happened. Mm-hmm. Nancy didn't have a choice. Daniel didn't have a choice. Benoit's the only person who had a choice. So it's like, off that, great performer, great wrestler, but fuck him as a human being. Oh, of and course. it's so hard to watch his matches because it's so hard to, in that case, it's so hard to separate. Yeah. Because I, when you see, because we used to, like, as, as used to kids, idolize, we, we used, used to, to idolize these guys. 
Yeah, but as edgy kids, we used to make jokes about how like anytime we'd see Chris Benoit do the like old old matches of Benoit doing the crossface, we'd be like, yeah. "Did he do that to Daniel?" Yeah, we, it'd be yeah, it is we'd, rough. We'd, we'd make edgy jokes like that, and now once you like as and we were kids. Now as you grow older and you start to realize nuances of certain things and Some more things how start coming things out. out. Now it's like, yo, like it, he could really watching him do these. Eh? Could have really done that. Like he could have really, really done that. Yeah. Now it's not a joke anymore. No, you're like, damn. <laughs> you know? Like shit. Ooh. <laughs> you know. So it it's sort of like that's my alarm to post because <laughs> I have I have I have videos in, in I have a video in the in the draft that I have that I'm posting. But while I'm doing that, I'm 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 gonna multitask and talk. All right. But cool. but yeah, like it, when it comes to certain artists, certain um crimes that they may have may or may not have done or whatever, it's like like for example. Probably a terrible example of this, uh, Chris Chris Brown. Um, I think the only reason why I like I'll still I'm not hesitant to not listen to a Chris Brown song or whatever is because his music does not. It's not closely related to what he did to Rihanna. No, um, I just think it's. I, I always say this. It's like uh, I hate to joke about it, guys. I'm against fucking domestic violence and all. It's like the Dana White thing that when he slapped his wife. Right. I say this, I, I'm like, yes, there is things that have that have said. Obviously, she striked first. He should have never struck back. Dana White, you're a piece of shit. For even mm -hmm. Look how the size difference was insane compared to him yeah. to his wife. But I, I guess, what the fuck? It's like the same thing with Yorana. What the fuck did you say that made this dude just go fucking ape shit on you? Yeah, yeah but that, that also kind of goes into like a whole thing about like maybe blaming the victim and stuff like oh, that. No, it's, I, like I, it's not the blaming the whole thing. I'm just like saying, I just want to know what transpired. If we can somehow right. just get into that car and see what happens, clear up a lot of things. But mm -hmm. but I, I do agree with the Chris Brown thing. Like a lot of his music did not relate about what any the thing he does. And it sucks that like we got to give like, not, I, I can't like not bash him for it, but. He was a, he was very young when that happened, mm -hmm. and it's just yeah. like you can't allow these people to grow as human beings. Like he may still feel like a piece of shit, like th just thinking about what he did, and right. we're just gonna drag his name through the mud. Like, and from what I've known, he has never had another incident with domestic violence. From what I know, is there He's had a few? Has he? He's had a, a few instances where I think uh, he was accused of of. of you know, putting his uh, putting his hand around around a woman's neck in an aggressive manner. Uh, there was a couple of instances where he was like kind of abusive towards uh, uh Karushi. I I wanted to say her name actually because a mm. lot of the times people people like to joke about her name to be like oh Kawasaki or hey oh, oh, that's uh, Karushi Kawabunga. Yeah, but <laughs> but they because <laughs> nobody really knew her name or anything. But like yeah, there was a couple of instances where he was, you know, sort of where it was sort of a pattern or whatever. Mm. But I will say that, like, I think the last thing that I'll touch on is there is listening to somebody or watching their thing. There's consumption and then there's supporting. Right mm -hmm. now, of course, I'm 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 now at that at that that point in my life where it's like I'm not going to tell you what to listen to, what not to listen to, I'm whatever, not, what not, to I'm watch not. or what not to. You, you know, you you like what you like it's whatever you know whatever you you. and you you like them for whatever reasons you like them cool it's the supporting aspect it's like if it's like if chris ben legally wall, if chris ben wall let's say chris ben wall got away with it he's still alive mm -hmm. he's making t-shirts you know what he did mm -hmm. and see when people are buying those t-shirts you are basically going out of your way 
to discredit whatever happened. Like, exactly. Like, that's my thing is like with like with making thing with R. Kelly, like I don't stream his music. I have mm-hmm. it all on I have all DVDs. I mean not DVDs, I have them on C D players. Right. And, and I even bought those then? I bought those on I bought those on eBay. So physically right. my money did not go in his pockets. And maybe exactly. I'm fucking just fucking just like walking on eggshells right now but like that to me is like i'm not supporting him i like that music uh, do i is what he did is a piece of shit yeah of course but at the same time i'm not physically supporting him because i'm not going to do that to people i'm not going to mm-hmm. support people that beat women or you know predators or any of that stuff i know what they did they may be like like say chris benoit i will never buy merch i threw away my toys and my shirt when i figured found out what he did to his family mm-hmm. and i was like 2007, uh, 2005, I was like, I was like almost 10, seven. I was like almost eight or nine when that happened. And when my dad broke that news to me, I was like, oh, to his son? He's like, yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm sorry that he's like, you know, I know he was your favorite. I just got like the 10 toys that I had and like my five t-shirts and I threw them all away. It was the, it was the craziest. I remember, I remember exactly where I was when I heard the news and I remember how how we all felt like me and my friends and everything like i remember we heard we heard he died we heard him his wife and his son died but they didn't put the they didn't give it they didn't give anything out until like what a couple hours later until i think it was until after that monday night raw because i know overall they did a tribute they did a tribute i watched that and then like once they figured out like wait weren't there t-shirts and toys here a minute ago and they just took everything off so yep. that's my thing is just the supporting aspect. You can like what you want, but if you're openly going to support someone that does anything of that nature, I'm monetarily sorry. Support Monet- 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 monetarily support them. I don't give a fuck. You can listen to the music all you want, but like monetarily, like put money in their pockets. That is where the problem lies, where you're, you're going out of your way to just not think, what, not think, not realize what they've done is wrong. Mm-hmm. Like the chicks that are like, oh my God, free R. Kelly. I'm like, you are deliberately going out of your way to not, you know, listen. Like to not listen. Right. Like, and there's people that, and the messed up jokes were like, hey, you didn't touch me. I'm gonna. I'm like, whoa, dude. Like, that's being very insensitive. Like that it's, to me, it is. that that's that pisses me off because I have younger siblings. Mm-hmm. So that hits something special to me, and I have a younger sister and all that stuff. And there are people out there that legitimately will defend R. Kelly. Like I still listen to him and. If he had a new album, I'm gonna buy it because he didn't touch me. I'm like, I'm like, come on, dude. Like you're, you're just being, you're just being insensitive and being edgy to be edgy and an asshole. Exactly. Because even too, those same people who be like, oh, he didn't touch me, he didn't touch me. Okay, yeah, but you may have a family member who may have walked through the exact same stuff that mm-hmm. his victims walk through. Mm-hmm. So it's like for you to sit there and openly, like, for you to to vocalize that and completely ignore the people that are probably in your life that have probably mm-hmm. went through the same trauma it's like you're an asshole yeah <laughs> you're a you're a, you're a big asshole for that all right know, so. <laughs> oh man it has been amazing one more thing before we go i know we talked a little bit about everything which is awesome mm-hmm. <laughs> are you watching any anime lately um so i think for me the only thing that i've been i've just been doing a lot of rewatches oh, um it is like I've a just good been, rewatch yeah i will say there was one anime that I didn't get. I was like maybe one or two episodes of it. I definitely want to get into it a little bit more mm-hmm. because it ties into something that I'm very interested in. 
freaking Kokuro no baskets or whatever that, that fruit one baskets? is. I, yeah, pardon? Is it fruit baskets? No, no, no. I did watch fruit baskets a, a long time ago. But, I, haven't, uh, I, haven't watched that, I haven't watched that in forever, but I, uh, definitely I'll have to check that out. Kokuro no baskets? Called, uh, yeah, something like the, the basketball anime. Oh, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's from like the 90s, right? No, no, that one is Slam Dunk. I, slam I love dunk. Slam Dunk. Slam Dunk's dunk. fire. But, slam Dunk was for the culture. If you know, you know, yeah. guys. Yeah, the, the kick game on that oh jump was... Oh, my God, it was I'm ridiculous. Surprised. You know what's crazy? Oh, my the God, you want to watch the movie? I haven't watched the movie. No, are but, you going to watch the movie? It comes out this year. Oh, a thousand percent. Dude, fucking virtual high five. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand percent I'm watching oh that. because and it, the, but I, I find it funny, too. The the way... Like, the, <laughs> the patents on... The Jordan shoes that's in Slam Dunk. The amount of the amount of times I've heard stories about Michael Jordan loving money and stuff like that. I'm surprised Michael Jordan didn't send them no cease and desist. Well, or anything it's like it's that. the same thing with like the same thing is just like with um it's, it's one it's either one he really appreciated or two they made those silhouettes like them but can't be just like the same thing with like Nike. Like Nike mm. as of right now is just. Uh, they got at Bape a while back, but they couldn't win it. But they're getting Bape again because Bape looks like their, uh, I think their Air Force Ones. Their logo. Their, you know, their, their, it, their Air Force the logo ones. too is kind of like yeah. the, it's kind of like the swoosh, but it's just stars. But I, I, it was funny because when that news came out, it said well, like they're after like twelve or some odd years, they were like, yo, Nike was building a Rico against against Bape. Like, dude, all this. Uh, there's some people that make some really good like um, Air Force like and dunks. I'm like custom. I'm like, dude, Nike. Leave these mm -hmm. people alone. <laughs> you know, and the thing is, you don't, oh, you know what? That's a good, in Toronto, there is this building called the, uh, the, uh, uh, Daniel's Landing or something like that. I remember I went to like the little, I went to like the, the, the launch of it mm -hmm. before the launch, before the launch, actually, because I, I knew the owner of the, of the, uh, the place. And he had a whole bunch of us talk with some of the people that were get, that were going to be running the space or whatever. One of them was like weekends manager. Another guy was like, he, he worked with Nike, but what he did, his story was he used to, you know, take the Nike socks and he used to like put designs on them and sell them and anything, everything like that. And then Nike sent him a cease and desist. Damn. And then afterwards, Nike was like, wait, hold on. We like what you're doing. We're going to employ you. You're going to work with us. So I feel like that's what Nike needs to do instead of stopping these dudes. Do you remember the Warren from, Lotus case? Pardon? You remember the Warren Lotus case, or do you know who Warren Lo Lotus is? Warren Lotus? No, I don't think I know. So he's a he's a streetwear designer, and most of his stuff is kind of like this, where it's just like NBA teams on like with skeletons and like fires and all that stuff. It's really dope sometimes. So okay, I've seen stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, so he did dunks, but what he did was take an homage to their to the other dunks, which was like the Freddy Kruegers, the Heinekens, uh, he did like a Jason Voorhees one and all that. Mm -hmm. Just like him, a little bit better, but the difference was the swoosh had like the characters' faces on him, and it was a crooked one. Ceased and desist, his ass, and they were really dope. And he and basically, because I remember I had the I had to order them. The cease and desist letter had happened the minute I like not the minute it broke like an hour after my order went through, and they had to refund my money back because people oh, wow. got people got exclusive pairs. Those are running around somewhere, and I know those things are expensive, so I ain't, I ain't never touching yeah. those. So, yeah, that I mean that's the only thing I could say. Like deceased and says, like, hey, these people are being creative with what you've done. They took what you did and made it better, or just 
cooler. Like, I don't know. Employ them. Yes. I think that's what that's what they need to do. Employ like don't you can, like don't send them a cease and desist. Don't like employ them. Put them. Bring them to because they're doing something obviously that is beneficial to y'all. Like oh, yeah. Nike could benefit from these graphic designers, these designers who are you know customizing Air Force Ones and stuff like that. They can they can benefit like. Because if lot. people are already buying their stuff anyways, might as well just bring them on board. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Um, but yeah. I think the same like Coco. the Sean Wotherspoon. Like, that thing, too. Like, dude, he had a really great shoe design. Like, they're the, they're the, the Sean Wotherspoon's 97 Ones. Mm. One of my favorite sneakers possibly ever because I got to meet the guy. And he was such a genuine dude when I went to L.A. And sure enough, he had a second design. It was all powder blue. He fucked himself over when he sold them. They were he was basically backdooring them in his shop. Okay. Nike was like, "Fuck that! You're you're not winning. You're not gonna do anything again." And then he went to go over. He went over to Adidas. Mm. See, Nike. Fun Nike, up. if you don't if you, if you don't fix up, the competition is going to going to swoop your people. Yeah. Hey, shout out you to know? yo Nike. Can you do some anime collabs, please? Preferably a Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> I would love. Oh my God! Actually, I just uh, I I got a delivery from uh from 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 Zoomies. Uh, they have like a, a hype land Yu Yu Hakusho. Which ones you got? Uh, col- I got the uh I got two. I got a, a large T-shirt with Karama's eyes, and then I got a a light gray hoodie with Hiei's eyes. So I have the one I have is I have a Yusuke's, and it's um it's, you know what like Swarovski is, right? Yeah. So it's like that, but it's all bedazzled in crystals. Oh, nice, dude! It's fucking sick. Uh, I had I bought that a couple weeks ago. That one was super dope. Um, I have that one, and then I have like three of my vintage uh, Yu Yu Hakusho t-shirts. Yeah, I'm so I'm, I'm trying to stock up more on some Yu Yu Hakusho because I have a lot of Dragon Ball sh- sh- uh, shirts and sweaters. I'm trying mm-hmm. to stock up on more Yu Yu Hakusho because not a lot. There's not a. I haven't come across a lot of people in my city who love Yu Yu Hakusho, and I would love to be the kind of guy who. Oh damn! What's the anime? I'm gonna put y'all on to something yeah. real special because yeah. that's a, that is a that is one of my like top two favorite animes of all time. That's but number one Koku, for me. That's my number one. But it's it's there. Oh, fucking loved it. Take I, away the dark. I, I take away the second dark tournament. Uh, it's the greatest anime of all time. I, I can't. Like, I me personally, I can never put it above Dragon Ball Z. Of course, personally. So. But like, if I had to, like, it, you know, Dragon it, Ball Z is in my top ten. It it won't be my top mm-hmm. five because my top five have. Or I, I can't say better. I think Dragon Ball Z did great for what it was supposed to do. With the other ones, I just preferably just like them more than Dragon Ball Z. But Dragon Ball Z is always gonna be my top ten. Yeah, I love Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, I, Majin Vegeta was what, that guy. Majin Gohan, Teen Gohan, was Teen that, Gohan was that. Teen Gohan was that guy. And in in the new movie, now he got a now he has a new uh, a new power up. My boy Go both Gohan and Piccolo they both got power ups, and yep. I'm like yes. This is what we've been needing. We've been <laughs> wanting this. For real. I was so amped. But yeah, Kokuro no Baskets. It's one of those. It's it's a anime about about basketball. The the uh, generation of miracles. Miracles. Um, yo, I was watching this one episode. I was like, yo, this guy's literally Kobe out here. He's Kobe, <laughs> Steph Curry, everything. This one dude hit a. This one. This one dude on the other team hit a shot, right? Mm-hmm. And I was, and they were like, yeah, we got the momentum, whatever, whatever. This dude, half court. Banks it, switched it. I was like, don't yo, you, "Y'all are not beating him." Yeah, <laughs> what took him out in the episode? What, what took him out in the game? 
was an ankle injury. Aww. And I was like, I was like, oh, see, look at that. Y'all couldn't stop him. He had to get injured. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He had to get injured. Y'all couldn't stop. It was like KD against the, the Raptors uh, during during the championship. Yeah. That we won. Uh, hey, don't rub that, <laughs> hey, don't rub that in, bro. That still hurts. I'm sorry. I'm going to say sorry. this right now, bro. Clay Thompson didn't. I'm going to say this right now. Clay Thompson didn't get injured. That's a game, motherfucking seven, and it's anyone's game. I still think you guys would have had the. To be honest, I think you guys still would have won for the main oh, we fact. we would have won. In the in the you guys had that home ground advantage. We we, we still we still don't won, but like it, it, Clay Thompson, yeah, it would have been it would have been tough. It would have yeah. been tough. It would have been tough if if Katie was healthy, and it would have first of all if Katie was healthy, we probably would have lost. Um, if Katie but, was healthy, it it would go in six Warriors way. I just yeah. You look at Clay Thompson. Game six Clay is a real thing, and Game six Clay is the greatest player on the planet. He was crazy, and then he got he that had thirty. Injury. He had thirty and a half. It was not. I was like, I was, I was watching. You're like, and I was thank like, Lord. <laughs> well, I didn't say because I didn't. You know I the know. video of yeah. I know. I know, you know the video about. of of Drake when he's when he's watching it and he's like, oh, and he stands up and does a a, a, a static ovation. Yeah, that was me. I was yeah. like, ah, damn, damn. You got but we we got this though. <laughs> oh right, my god, Kawhi, that's why I love Kawhi. He brought us a he brought us a chip. The one and only chip, chip you guys will have. But exactly, exactly. ladies, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, this has been a fantastic episode, bro. Thank you for hopping on, and maybe just down the future, I hope you can hop on again, man. Oh, definitely. And then when when your other co-host gets here, oh too, yeah, it'll be know, it'll be a bus. It'll, it'll be, be fun. crazy. It'll be fun with the anime and just ridiculous stuff. But yeah, with that, everybody, we hope you guys are having a fantastic week. My mans, drop everything right now. Where can these people find you? You can find me on uh, TikTok at VJanai. You can find me on Instagram at VJanai. You can find me on Twitter at VJanai, but eh, don't really follow me on Twitter. I'm not really doing nothing over there. <laughs> but Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube. Uh, I have my YouTube channel so that I can start repurposing my TikTok content and everything. Um, it's a lit time. Join. You'll, you'll love it. you love it over here. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Please go follow the Janai on everything he just said, guys. You guys can follow this podcast wherever you guys listen to. You guys listen on the radio. I don't know how you're going to get that, but we have it. You, uh, you guys have <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a rating. If you tell us we suck, then fuck you. I'm going to suck your mom's titties next. God damn. God damn. <laughs> if you have a hot-ass mom, tell her to get my way because, uh, you know, uh, you got that stepdad. I'll be the stepdad. I'm not going to be the stepdad. I'll be the dad that steps up. Yo, where your mom's at? Yo, where your mom at, bro? Where your mom at? <laughs> With that saying, guys, I love you guys. Please subscribe to the YouTube, youtube.com slash What's Your Opinions Podcast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to episodes every Friday. And last but not least, stay soft or hard. It does not matter. You're getting it in. <laughs> stay live. <laughs> Woo! Peace.